episode six of Flyover Politics. I am Adam. And I'm Sean. And welcome back to the show, everybody. We uh, are putting a lot of stuff in the can because I'm going to be out of town and uh, we wanted to not take a week off because obviously it would have been just dumb with how close the, uh, the election is. So we wanted to get some content out there. It, again, spaced my mind that uh, while I'm going to be away, there is going to actually be a third presidential debate, Sean, between uh, Trump and Biden. They had the first one a few weeks ago. And then when we taped uh, the prior week, they did town halls. Were, were they town mm. halls technically? Or what was yeah, it was like dueling town halls because Trump, yeah. Trump couldn't let Biden just fucking have a night after he was, you know. Anyway, and I saw that the the Biden one got uh, higher ratings. So you, Trump didn't. Yeah, get, I saw that. Trump didn't get an opportunity to say my ratings were better, so much more better than Biden's, and he didn't get the chance to say that. So I'd I'd like to say that I'm not a petty man, but like I like, and I don't care about Biden, but like to know that Trump was bothered by that because he's bothered <laughs> by things like that. He does get very bothered by things like that. <laughs> it just made me. It made me a little bit warm little, inside. Little right? smile, little little extra right, smile. Just a little smile, like just not the fact that Biden got more vote, more more ratings. Right? I don't give a fuck. So, just are you going to are you going to watch that debate on Thursday? You think? Or are you are you done? Yeah. Like, okay. So how yeah, you- I'll watch it. I didn't watch the I didn't watch their town halls because you know, bleh. I just saw the clip of the woman interviewing Trump referring to him as a crazy old uncle for retweeting uh, some article that had no yeah. validity whatsoever. I don't remember what the topic was. Um, and yeah, and I saw the I saw the the uh, gentleman ask Biden about uh, African American voters why they should vote for him. Oh, I didn't see that. And How was that? What was that response like? It was a good one. It was a uh, I didn't. I just saw the question okay. because the response is always, you know, generally the same when they're not, you know, when it's in that town hall format, things are generally down the lane. Okay. Right. It's, it's, and so they're not off their game. And when a debate, they're off their game because you're real time responding to your opponent who is like your opponent and disingenuous, I guess, at, at worst and an opponent at best. Whereas with a an interviewer or a, a debate, you know, whatever the uh, questioner and moderator, they they are at worst, um, they hold your feet to the fire, right? They they ask a question that's a hard question, but typically you're prepared for it, and so that I find those kind of relatively uninteresting. But with the debate, that's when you can actually get somebody off their toes, off their game, and you may actually see a little bit of truth through the trees or, or you know but um that question from the questioner basically said something to the effect of you know african-american voters have always been told we have to vote safe um because we have to but we like why should we vote for you after your career of and I'm I'm horribly misphrasing it. Can we find um, it? Is there a way to find this? Uh, I guess I'm, I'm going to see if I can find it and play it. Yeah, I'm going to say Biden. I follow the guy on Twitter now. American voter question. Hopefully YouTube comes through in a pinch. Okay. Joe Biden pressed on why black voters should choose him. 
Uh, yes, that's it. That's it. This, so this is Put a top one. This is a seven minute clip. Should we listen to the whole seven? It's a long one. That's a long one. No, it it should be. If you clip it, you should be able to fast forward. The actual question itself was maybe thirty seconds. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me. Um. Let's let's. You should be able to hear this too when I play it back. I'm gonna. Let me see if I can get it going. It's about a seven minute clip. So let's get this uh, up here. Here we go. It's with uh, George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Yeah, there we go. So this was uh, the ABC News Town Hall. This is Joe Biden pressed yeah. on why black voters should choose him. If you want to look it up on YouTube, it's from uh, ABC News. Here from we go. Cedric Humphrey. He's a student from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, progressive Democrat. Don't jump, Cedric. You look like you're way up there. <laughs> I'll be okay. Thank you, George. And good evening, former Vice President Biden. Many people believe that the true swing demographic in this election will be black voters under the age of 30. Not because they'll be voting for Trump, but because they won't vote at all. I myself have had this exact same conflict. So my question for you then is, besides you ain't black, what do you have to say to young black voters who see voting for you as further participation in a system that continually fails to protect them? Well, I say, first of all, as my buddy John Lewis said, it's a sacred opportunity to write to vote. You can make a difference. If young black women and men vote, you can determine the outcome of this election. Can you hear this, by the way? Did you play it back on? Uh... Yeah. Okay. No, I can. I can hear it. Okay. Uh, I just want. I, to... I haven't heard. This is the first time I've actually heard his response, and it's dog shit. But go ahead. Okay. If you want to play yeah. it, we can play it. Yeah, I'll keep playing it. Not a joke. You can do that. And the next question is, am I worthy of your vote? Can I earn your vote? And the answer is, there's two things I think that I care, and I've demonstrated I care about my whole career. One is, in addition to dealing with a criminal justice system to make it fair and make it more decent. We have to be able to put black Americans in a position to be able to gain wealth, generate wealth. And so you look at what they, that entails. It entails everything from early education. That's why I'm supporting making sure that we entitle one schools, as you know, schools with the least tax base to be able to support their schools. I increased the funding for them from 15 to, to, uh, to uh, $45 billion. That allows every teacher in that school to make up to 60,000 bucks. And the problem now is they're leaving the schools. They're not there. We're short about a million and a half teachers, a million and a quarter teachers. Number two, every three and four and five-year-old will go to school, school, not daycare, school. And with all the great universities, including the one you've gone to, go to or went to, in fact, talks about in the last eight years what's happened. What happens when you let them go to school, they make up rapidly the, whatever, the, whatever, um, fail, whatever shortcoming they had in terms of their education prior to that. They have not heard as many words spoken, et cetera, et cetera. What happens is that the studies show that 58% will increase by 58% their chance of going all through uh, 12 years of school. Okay, I, what, what is he saying? He's saying that so, if you are black and you went to college, you had a 58% chance of dropping out because you were not understanding the mm -hmm. curriculum or what is he, or what is no, it? I think so if I if, start from the question, there's a good question of why should black people vote for you Yeah, when we've been let down by your party and by you in the past, right? Okay. Uh, I'm general paraphrasing. It was a very well, very good question. Uh, my his initial response was basically, I have a black friend, John Lewis, right? Like bullshit response. And and if I'm generous to Joe Biden, which I'm I'm apt to be sometimes, he was in the way I was, ra not 
like there's a certain broth that we're all stewed in as we grow right and wokeness came to me post-college right and not like my parents didn't like i wasn't raised in a a, an unwoke house or a racist house it was certainly the opposite um but but there are things that we internalize that I think Joe Biden has internalized about race. That race and that, I, you know, people believe race and socioeconomic status are intertwined. When he and, was saying when he was he specifically mentioned wealth, I noticed in that answer where he right. was the wealth, he was basically laying out wealth inequality among among black voters is what he was. I think he was trying yes. to say. OK, now, now that is true that that African-Americans, that minorities are typically in a lower socioeconomic rung of the ladder than our than their white counterparts, whether it's male of a certain age cohort females certain age cohort or just males or females in in general right and i feel as though joe's or, or vice president biden whatever uh and his age cohort or his generation's view is that race causes that that status on the rung rather than race is a race as a created subcategory of a of a culture and the corresponding placement onto the ladder or into that rung so his regardless of the way he gets there the analysis or the proposals he's talking about of creating or breaking the system that self-licking ice cream cone of of poverty by early childhood education, which means moms and dads can go to work and don't have to spend, like I do, an insane amount of money. Like, like we all do, an insane amount of money on childcare. Because if you can't, like, like you, you can't go to work, right? So you can't mm-hmm. make an income to pay for childcare and food. And, you know, the, so early childhood ed- education is key to freeing that burden on parents. I would imagine he's talking about like some kind of early childhood education program. Okay. Um, And the other one is improving uh, schools in lower income neighborhoods, which betters the economic out, like which betters the uh, economics uh, of the school district. So it's like right now we have school districts that are built on property taxes. Right. So if if you have a massive property tax base, you have a good school district, not just because you have more money, but you can afford more resources. The kids going to school there have the, uh, you know, they show up with their stomachs full. They had a good night's sleep or they had the ability to get a good night's sleep. They have parents who are engaged because they don't have to, you know, work in multiple jobs or at least they have the ability to be engaged. Right. The economics allow for that. And so, He's talking about programs that break the cycle of poverty. And this is the first time I've listened to this response, and I haven't heard it before. But I I just heard the question. It was a good question. I like the the top comment on the YouTube, by the way, that said the kid's face is, what the fuck is this guy talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm listening to what Joe means. 
not yeah. necessarily what he's yeah saying right so my my feeling from his response or my feel or my my, my feeling from the first part of his response is he doesn't necessarily understand race relations and economic relations in America. Yeah. Because the broth he was born into and he was he grew up in has cemented itself in a preconceived notion of race and economics and their mm. correlation, right? Yeah. It's not or or as a causation. But he has my I'm somewhat heartened that he's taken the time to learn about how to undo that cycle. Sure. Right. So as a as a leftist, I'm looking this at this as a the like Joe, as a person who may not share my inherent view of the world, but on some things can be swayed to understand that he is in a position to undo the cycle. And that's why that's part of the reason I'm I'm not the third party abstentionist. Yeah. That yeah. that from what I heard he has been pulled to the left some, or he has at least listened to someone on the left in ways to undo cycles of poverty. Now, does he hold it in his heart that those people are undeservingly poor and that white people have been like taking their money, like literally taking their money for generations that like, like does he understand that at a visceral level? Uh, probably not. He may understand it on the academic level, but I'm hopeful that President Biden, the man I just saw, has obviously spoken to somebody who has a left-leaning politics who explained, like, okay, here's how we would disrupt that cycle of poverty. Do you want to keep listening, or do we get the gist of it? Well, you know— I was rather generous to Biden. Let's see if he fucks it up. Let's okay. <laughs> let's just let's keep this train rolling here. All right. And going through successfully. Also provide for the ability to bring in social workers and and school psychologists. We have one school psychologist in America now for every 1,507 kids. It should be one to 500, not just in, 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 in schools that are poor, but in all schools. Because we learned that, for example, drug abuse doesn't cause mental illness. Mental illness causes drug abuse, the failure to get hold of people and, and deal with their anxieties. In addition to that, I, I provide for $70 billion for HBCUs for them to be able to have the wherewithal to do what other universities can do because they, ha they don't have the kind of foundational support they need. And so that would allow them, for example, like we did in our administration, the president allowed me to go down and we awarded a, a, a cybersecurity laboratory ability to compete for a cybersecurity laboratory. The federal government spends billions of dollars a year on universities because they are the best kept secret or where most of the major inventions come out of. And so that school now will be able to produce young black women and men who are going to go into a field of the future that's burgeoning, cybersecurity. And that's what that's what's going to help a great deal. In addition to that, if you're a young man about to graduate or you graduated from school and you want to own your first home or your well, it's awful hard to get the money and depending on the background where what's what your 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 excuse me, your economic background is, to get a down payment. So we're going to guarantee first-term homebuyers a $15,000 down payment for first-term homebuyers. 
In addition to that, what all the studies now show, and I've been arguing this for a long time, is young black entrepreneurs are just as successful as white entrepreneurs or anyone else, given a shot. But you can't get the money. Where do you go to get the startup money? So what President Obama and I did, we had a program where we took a billion, five hundred million dollars, and we invested it in all the SBAs around the country, in the state SBAs, small business associations. And that generated $30 billion came off the sideline. Because if you have a guarantee of $200,000 for your new startup enterprise, young entrepreneur, you're going to be able to attract, if it's government money as a guarantee, you'll be able to attract another $100,000. Okay, all right. It, it so th this, part, this, gotten... this part's making more sense to me than the first part, I'll be honest with you. Like the, the stuff that they said they, they injected uh, you know, funding into to then turn around and hopefully that generates revenue. I get that. Uh, but yeah, it's just a lot of, it's a lot of, this is what I did with the president and yeah, but he's gotten into he's gotten more into like generic stuff. And yeah, just saying yeah, it helps yeah. black people. Well, yeah, okay, a rising tide lifts all boats. But like the HBCUs, great. You have you have gotten a cybersecurity. Okay, fine. You built a little. You built a thing for HBCUs. That is a good thing. But holy fuck, we do that for every college. <laughs> Right. You like every college gets money to do that shit. Yeah. So now like, okay, you've gotten a, a cybersecurity one specifically for for HBCUs, and that's great. Uh, I'm not downplaying that that benefit to that college. But like, okay, that's a standard program mm -hmm. that that colleges get. Colleges have outreach for grants to build things like that. And then with sending money to small business associations or small business administrations for each state, like, and that magically helping black entrepreneurs, that is a standard program that black people can take a, a, a part of. But I need, like, there should be some, there should have been some understanding or demonstration of the understanding that systemic racism in America leads people to take that money and give it mostly to white people because the risk, air quotes, risk associated with uh, minorities is viewed as higher because of the internal bias of the people doing the paperwork to open up those lines of credit, right? So so if you, this is where like I see the limitations with Joe Biden in his presidency in that like there is a neoliberal vein that goes through this with like, I'm going to take money and throw it at systems that grow governments like, you know, the, the funding in the small business association or small business administrations that if we look at the cares act, that money flowed to businesses that were extremely profitable that had the political connections that were connected that had the ability to just go and, and grab money. Like our governor, like governor Reynolds got money from cares act one for small businesses and paid salaries for her administration with it. Right? Like the, the, the people who benefited from that the most, the most, I'm not saying the only people were the, the politically connected, the people who knew and had the lawyers to go after that money immediately. And so there's a disparity with that money, the way it's dispensed 
not necessarily the intent or the 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 politicians hope for where that money goes but by the the people who dispense that money it goes into a system and that system has a certain level of of bias to it mm-hmm. and it's and I, and being being generous to those people i don't believe that they have malintent but being if i'm being generous to those people it's an internal bias that they don't know that they have because it's that broth that they're or the stew that they're like they that, are that, i like the broth term for this it's a good way yeah, to describe it like it's it's infused yeah. because our culture infuses it into you the way that our movies are made the yeah. books are made right like the way that you're like you our communities are segregated because of redlining like you've heard of the Tulsa race riots, right? Like mm-hmm. by now, like there's a wonderful book by Marissa Bardarn. I think I mentioned it before, The Color of Money. There are instances throughout American history where black people start to get ahead. And then a white mob fucking destroys it and steals everything. Like either they do it through the bureaucracy and they just go like, like Roanoke, we're putting a literal highway through your fucking neighborhood. And it, and it kind of destroys the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Or in Tulsa, this is Black Wall Street. White people came in and burned it down. Like th- there are time and time and time again in American history, black banks, black, there were, there are veins of thought in America of, of, um, civil rights activists wanting, wanting the black community to, to work itself into the white community and prove that they are equal and then prove that they are equal and they can do the same things as whites. Like they have to prove it to them. And so they integrate into white society and then those white people steal their shit. And then another group of thought within the black community is saying, we need to build something for ourselves and build a separate society within America that works for us. And then they do and then white people come and steal that shit. So then there's two old three, white guys running for president. It's and now there's two old, but, yeah. but like, but like real one last pedantic point, not pedantic. This is, is important historical information, but the FDIC, everybody walks into a bank. There's FDIC federal deposit insurance corporation. C. Do you want, do you want the federal deposit, federal, uh, federal deposit insurance C. Federal and Deposit FDIC. Insurance Corporation. Yeah, you're right. Okay, FDIC. So you walk in, you put your money into a bank, and up to a quarter million dollars per institution, it's covered by by the government or the Fed, which means like pre in the in the depression, you'd have people that had money in a bank, and then there'd be a run on the bank, and if you didn't get there before the bank folded. Your money was fucking gone because the bank lent it out. They took your money. They lent it out. They lent it out into the community. And so then that led to regional um, deposit insurance groups where like Iowa, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, and Illinois banks would kind of band together and say, hey, if I have a run on the bank, I'm going to call you. I need you to send me a truck full of money to cover my deposit so that I don't fold. So we all say that we'll do that. And if there's some rumor in Minnesota, like, oh, you're going to lose all your money, all the banks in Iowa and, and Illinois and, and Wisconsin will send you trucks to cover your deposits, right? 
Well, finally, black banks started like black banks had their own and they joined in on the uh, white, you know, the the regional deposit insurance, co uh, you know, coalitions. And black banks would send the white banks money. And when they had runs and they'd have their debts covered and the white banks would pay them back. But then when the black banks came in need, the white banks didn't send money. That's how they that's the systemic shit. That the that the writings at the time of the black the white owned banks were that those those banks didn't know how to invest those people didn't know what they were doing, and so we shouldn't send them our money right because they don't they would be an mm -hmm. irresp they would be irresponsible. That's the kind of racist shit that that has plagued America for four hundred years and still does to this day, and so. There's that's what I mean when there's some policy stuff in here that I hear that he's been told and maybe he believes maybe he like honestly holds it like this is the right thing we need to do right to help yeah that segment of America but the motivation or the understanding behind it of like because they they have been fucked for for generations or is it because he thinks that he's gonna white knight it and help them up because they you know i think it's the white knight thing 100 percent. right yeah I that's think it's, the yeah. that's the thing with that's the thing that i i have a feeling about too but if i'm looking at the the policies that i've heard some of them were just like straight like yeah this is the way that a government should function and then some of it are are like i mean all of it's my opinion how a government should function um but he's putting a spin on it that it'll help black people it will help it will help the poor communities of which African Americans make a disproportionate amount more than it'll help affluent communities of which white people make up a disproportionate amount. And therefore it is disproportionately affecting African Americans and minorities. But that doesn't mean that it is anti-racist. Does that make sense? Doesn't mean that it's intent. Is yeah, yeah, he's not. Yeah, just, I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying. Just, these are things that are disproportionately gonna. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's the difference. But that doesn't mean that that African American communities will be better off. Yes, every community because that needs off. to be made very clear. Is that right? Tension might be good, but that doesn't mean things are gonna get better. Um, no, I think things will get better. Well, and the intention might be good. The intention's because, like, good, but because if you take because I'm I mean, childcare right now. For me, is twenty five thousand dollars a year. Whoa, right, and it's expensive. And yeah. just think, like it. I mean, for for even if you don't have, I mean, even if you have regular, like, even if the government helps out more than they are now, it's a significant boost to my bottom line in my household. Sure. Sure. Right. And, that, and that's so something that they need to bring up in these these town halls because people will it's I, I hesitate to say issue voting, but this this does have an impact on on your your bottom line. And if they don't right. bring these things up at these town halls, then people aren't going to know. And then it does it, it plays it plays better to talk about that stuff instead of just focusing on, you know, hey, are you are you in favor of uh, abortions? And it's like, right. OK, right, like right. I, I understand that that is an issue for some people, but your 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 issue specifically with daycare, with how much that pulls out of your yearly income, I think is 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 important as well. Like that needs to right, be. But I, 
I want every kid in America to have the same opportunities my kids do. Sure. Like I have a, I have an income that can support that. Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a severe sting, right? Like don't, don't get me wrong. Like that is not an easily absorbed expense. No, but no, like that shouldn't be. I know the benefit that that proves long term, mm-hmm. and I want every kid in America to to have that, and it's attainable. It, it's just a policy choice of whether we do it or not. That's all, and and for uh-huh. universal pre K, the benefits to that, and and school breakfast, school lunch, the benefits to those three things in in adding the stability and security for every Amer- every single american child is immense it's immense and so the policy implications of what he just talked about is is huge whether he knows how he got there or not it's huge <laughs> and so if you just if you like he's talking about universal pre-k which w- was implemented in new york to great success part of the problem Part of the problem with universal three universal pre-K is by third grade, the kids who are in universal pre-K are now testing better, or I'm sorry, are now testing the same as kids who weren't mm-hmm. by third grade because the teachers in kindergarten, first, second, and third grade are working to bring the other kids up to the kids other kids up to the level that universal pre-K was, or they that's the, that's the assumption of the studiers the people who study this so then by the third grade everybody's on on par you're starting to freak me out because i'm not i'm not i'm about uh, three years away from having to really uh have to worry about this uh personally and uh i don't like it <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't i don't like, I don't like it, it either. i don't like any any part of this but i i do have to allow my my selfish uh dumb fucking brain to now expand into this new part of my life of okay i've brought a human being into this world but that little tiny human being is two and a half so it's going to be another what uh Mm -hmm. two years two and a half years three years before i have to really start focusing on her education and uh just listening to this right now is is uh, not not fun and i'm I'm not saying it's not fun i'm saying it's i'm gonna have to face that and i'm gonna have to really care about that because I you if you if you would have sat down with me uh, three years ago and wanted to have this conversation, be like, yeah, cool, Sean, I don't give a fuck. But now I really, 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 really have to. Right, it's visceral. Yeah, it's, I have it's to. Real, it's very yeah. real. I have to care about this. I have to. Um, and then maybe people with, without children were just like, whatever. But you also were part of that system at one point growing up, so you should kind of maybe a little care. But that's my dumb selfish brain that I brought up earlier where I was like, well, you know, whatever I, I, I'm already done with school. So who cares? You know, right. but, but like, just, just think of the benefit to society. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Every, like you're telling me all we have to do is take kindergarten and then work it forward to universal pre-K like third, like, and Bernie Sanders was universal daycare. So the, your, your society supports working mothers supports working families that burden of daycare and then working up into kinder pre-k and kindergarten like kids have this like running start and i'm not talking about like shoving kids minds into a box but like the the wonderful thing about the 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 pre-k and daycare programs my kids are in is it it provides them an outlet 
for their creative enterprises, right? Like whatever it is, like if, if he's going to smash his face into some paint and then onto a paper plate, <laughs> like he's doing it, right? He's getting to do what he wants in a guided manner. He's learning about some shit. Yeah. And then sometimes they learn, you know, he comes home and he's talking to me about, you know, community helpers and like, we got like a two year old, two and a half year old talking about like words that like, Whoa, I didn't know you like, yeah. Paleontologist. Like, you know what a paleontologist is? You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Yeah. Like every kid think about that like like it is within our power for the amount of money that we give the oil companies in one quarter or the military oh yeah or, i had I mean, to say that quietly. on that I had to say i'm that. not even gonna start on that i had like, to say it quietly but the subsidy the, the subsidies we give to the oil industry in one quarter could pay for that for all of america's children and increase the 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 uh, graduation rates all the way through college and all the way through high school, or I always both like for high school and college can in, increase the literacy rate, which has fallen over the last ten years. Could increase our our STEM uh, uh, capabilities for those kids, like the, the the understanding of reading and writing and the English language and the ability to communicate, like. The, the knock-on benefits for society, if you're just looking at it as like, a, well, I have to get something out of this rather than helping your human be other fellow human beings out, like, is is crazy the ramifications of that. And anyway, I, I the that's partly why I'm going to vote for Joe, or I voted for Joe Biden. Yeah, your, your vote's already uh, in the in the paper. It's already yeah. in. I already in checked the... it with the Secretary of State for Iowa, it's and in... it's fucking Paul locked Pate? in. Is that Paul Pate? Paul Pate. Yeah, I went old... to I went to school with his uh, his kids. They were uh, like, or... yeah, that was weird. I, I just I used to see Paul Pate all the time. Nice guy. Did you? Oh yeah, all the time. He was a nice, nice dude. I played basketball with his son many many years, and his daughter uh, didn't like me so much, but uh, but I was I was more friendly with with his son. But I'd see him all the time. Yeah, it that's was... what's. That's what's weird. Like I know, like a lot of conservatives, and they are wonderful, wonderful yeah. people. Super one on nice one. Guy. Yeah. But then when you get to, when you jump into policies and start talking about policies, you're like, whoa. Yeah, it gets a little whoa. whoa. Hold on, hold on, let's look there, bud. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little bit much. But yeah, it's it that that is very true. We um we talk about that in the second part of this podcast with uh with our special guest Ken about um you know, people that, you know, that are close to you, family members, friends, people you work with, very nice people. Then all of a sudden they'll, they'll drop that, you know, Hey, fuck them, uh, them left this. Right. And you're like, Whoa, <laughs> like my, wait, hold my on a stance, sec there. <laughs> my stance on that has, has, and we'll talk about that, I guess a little bit later, but like my general stance on confronting that, um, I have, again, I get growing up in the, in the broth, right. I like that word tonight you, you kind of let you kind of let racists like wow he's just racist he's saying right i started confronting it like when people drop the n-word around me and i feel somewhat i feel ashamed that i didn't do this my entire life but now i'm an adult and other adults drop that word around me i immediately confront it and it has not once not turned into that person ashamedly admitting they shouldn't use that word that's good a coworker in the middle of uh uh eleven hundred mile ride along together uh dropped that word. Oh and we had a 
very long conversation about that not ever being appropriate. Um, and then hunting with a guy. Oh, no. Uh, so we're both holding shotguns, and he starts talking about it. And I'm oh, like, no. Dude, you're from small town Iowa. I told him the town. I was like, you don't even know any black people. And he was like, well, you know what I mean. I was like, no, I don't. Like, you're talking about TV shit, man. Like, you don't. Yeah. Like, you're, you don't even know. Like, you're just talking about shit that you learn on TV. I know where you're from. I know you. Mm-hmm. You are. You don't even know any black people. That's don't always the classic. Like, that's the classic response is, oh, well, you know what I mean, Sean. I, I hate yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, uh, you know I mean. not really. <laughs> no, no, you're I, just being an asshole now. You're being yeah. a racist asshole. And I'm telling you, if if any of you like. To be a good ally, white folks, like you can confront that shit in your daily life. Yeah. And a hundred percent of the time I have done it. Like you you get like the people realize that they fucked up and they think like I don't know if they're throwing a flag out and just seeing if you're gonna throw the same flag out and then we can be they can be racist buddies with you or not. But like don't don't let them throw the flag out anymore. It can turn on it can it can go bad though. I've had situations where now granted most of the time when that has happened around me and I kinda go the whoa, I do that response. There's generally some kind of an apology for the most part. But I've had more than one situation where it it doesn't go so well. Where I get the oh, you're one of them, huh? I just ostracize them from And then it gets but then it gets it it gets a little aggressive. Like it gets to the point where it's like, Oh, okay, so you're going from having a conversation to then getting aggressive about it and then that's yeah. when you start to read i don't know about you but I, I immediately focus on a person's body language and i can tell right right away okay do they really care a lot about this like are they really ready to die on this hill or are they just kind of doing the tough guy thing and i've had the tough guy thing happen when i've reacted pretty like whoa like no like we're not we're not doing that and mm. i get the strange look confused look tough guy response of really and that that kind of a thing so that that does happen so maybe there are there there's a part of someone that that doesn't want to be confronted in that way where they will want to call it out but they know that if they do that's going to create it could create a physical altercation it could create a problem at work you could get you know uh ostracized or you know something like that i understand that I understand that feeling of not wanting to get into a physical altercation. I'm not advocating that some, well, yeah, yeah, I guess I am. If it is our duty to stand up and say that that's wrong. And maybe, maybe you run into somebody who holds like insanely strong racist ass beliefs and they're never going to change their fucking mind. But I've run into people who hold a racist thought and they express that racist thought and maybe that racist word. And if you confront it, they think about it. Yeah. And it's good for them to think about it. And it's good for them to think about it. And they come to a, they maybe they think about it and then you kind of hammer them with a couple things. Like that's literally incorrect because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. And that I I can point it to, and then you point them to another resource and then you confront it. You yeah. tell them it's wrong. Tell them it's not ever to be repeated like around you and or not. It's never to be repeated, but like specifically, like this is why it's wrong. And that's why I won't tolerate it. Yeah. And they don't throw that flag out anymore. You've sufficiently, I don't want to say shamed them, but shamed them. Like you, 
like not allowing it to take place in your presence means yeah. maybe they think twice about it, which means those ideas and that shit doesn't ricochet around anymore. Sure. And so that's the kind of the, the tact I've taken with blatant racism, but also conservatism writ large that, that when people start saying conservative shit around me and that's not necessarily saying that all conservatives are racist but it's the same thing with like actually that that's not true that's like whatever thing you just said about like oh uh, that's not that's not true obama wasn't actually a muslim yeah he was you hear what his middle name was sean hussein (laughs) sounds like a muslim to me or like obama was a socialist or joe biden's a socialist yeah no actually they're not that is the funniest i'm a socialist when i hear someone socialist let me tell you that they're not socialist i literally hear that in i see in ads that joe biden's a socialist he's gonna defund the police I'm like, oh, do you not like fucking read the news and and hear his political? St- like, do you not know anything about Joe Biden? Like, no, everybody left of H.W. Bush is a socialist, according to the Republican Party. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess so. That's it, that's a weird one when I hear that they call Joe Biden a socialist. I'm like, there's you, some you shit don't... that Reagan and Bush were are, were discussing. There was a clip a few years ago about compassionate conservatism for for immigrants and immigration. And basically saying, like, everybody should have a chance to come to America. This is the land of opportunity. We want it to be open for everybody. And if you had... That's just because they were working with Pablo Escobar, so they didn't care. Well, right. (laughs) If you had had Republicans saying that shit now, they'd be run out of town. Oh, they would be. look at these fucking rhinos. They would. They would, absolutely. They would not. That that wouldn't wouldn't fly. Um, Since we lit up Joe Biden, you want to light up uh, uh, the president a little bit with what he said? You don't ever need to ask me. All right. The answer is always yes. (laughs) Don't tease me with a good time, right? Don't. Yeah, don't. Don't threaten me with a good time there. So uh, the other town hall that Trump did, there was a moment that I think I think this one got the most attention where he was blasted for his uh, retweets. And I I I mentioned this on the last show that um, what like in one 24 hour period, I think he did like. He had 150 tweets and a majority of them were retweets, but he was on Twitter for like a, an abs- like ridiculous amount of time. But the I moderator following him, man. Yeah, I don't like, follow. Well, I I, I, I see sorry, him. I follow him. I see him in my feed because people that I follow like his tweets, so then it shows up yeah. in my timeline. But um, I so, follow him, but I used to, I used to like my phone would bing every time he'd tweet. Yeah, and now you just and it used to be like couple, oh god, three, four times a day. You would have it your phone go off when he would tweet. Yeah, why? Well, well, because that was when he was like, like trying to bitch slap North Korea oh, and, and start he, a nuclear war with North Korea. So, so were, like, um, I figured you were I edge. would find out about it the same time as U.S. generals would find out about <laughs> yeah, it's, it. It's right? Not, like, oh wow, I'm right. in the know. Look, I'm following Trump's tweets. Yeah, it's not. Like uh, I, I was in my early days of Twitter when I followed like 27 people. Okay. And well, then, that makes sense then. I get that. Right. So he was uh, talking to the moderator, Savannah Guthrie, about these uh, this retweet thing. So this is what he had to say. And her response was uh, pretty funny. Here we go. To your 87 million followers, a conspiracy theory that Joe Biden orchestrated to have SEAL Team 6, the Navy SEAL Team 6, killed to cover up the, f- the fake death of bin Laden. Now, why would you send a lie like that to your followers? It. You Can retweeted That was a retweet. That was a, an opinion of somebody. But- and that was a retweet. I'll put it out there. People can decide for themselves. I don't the take president. a position. You're not like someone's crazy uncle who no, can no, just retweet no, no. whatever. That was a retweet, and I do a lot of retweets. And frankly, because the media is so fake and so corrupt, 
If I, I fucking didn't hate have this motherfucker. social media, I don't call it Twitter, I call it social media, I wouldn't be able to get the word out. And the word, well, the word is, is false. and you know what the word is? The word is very simple. We're building our country stronger and better than it's ever been. So he he's basically saying I didn't say it, I retweeted it. But that but if you retweet something, it's you're basically endorsing it. I mean, I don't know if he doesn't understand how that works, but no, um, he understands how it works. He fucking understands. There's no way. Did you see that there's he? There's no um, fucking speaking, way. He retweeted a uh, uh, article by Babylon B, which is a um, not a not a real. It's a satire website, <laughs> and it said uh, that Twitter shut down their entire network to slow the spread of the negative Hunter Biden news. And he retweeted it, thinking it was an actual real story. Um, and so he he had, he had no idea that Babylon B was a satire website. It's like the like the Onion, essentially. Right, so, he doesn't think like not the sharpest thought, knife in the drawer is our president, but a fucking thought enters his brain, and he just goes with it, right? Like yeah. that's it. I, that's it, just, it. It was so strange that, that that I mean, that's a pretty big thing to retweet and a pretty big accusation. And he's like, "Well, you know, I just thought people could look into it and make it up." It's like, no, like right, you're no, like you're you're literally the president. He has a lot of followers. Yeah. Your, if you wanted to go to Mark Esper or Mike Esper, or whatever the Raytheon lobbyist's name was before he became Depart the defense secretary, and say, like, hey, is that true? He could answer you in about a half an hour. He has 87.2 like, million followers, and he's acting like retweeting man. something is just no big deal. Like, 87 what? million followers will see you retweet something. But, and that, but, but the thing is, I guarantee you, there is no way that that man has not spoken to dev group no way no way like the people who shot bin laden you tell me that he hasn't like called him on the fucking phone no way i don't know like no way and i guarantee you he knew what he was doing saw it was a bullshit q anon conspiracy like anti joe biden and there are some of his dumb dumb fucking supporters who would believe it because like did you know it's literally illegal for me to tell you the like if I knew members of a tier one special forces community, like, I couldn't tell you their names. Like, it, yeah, you know, it's yeah. illegal for me to. Yeah. Yeah. So I like, like, what are you going to do? Like, no, no, no. Like, uh, no, I know like these five dudes, they're all alive. Like fucking Robert. What's his name? O'Neill tweeted, like tweeted that tweet or like really quote tweeted it and said like, nope, we are all alive. <laughs> Because he's the dude who, like, every time anything <laughs> happens, goes, take it from me. I'm the guy who shot Bin Laden in the face. Yeah, yeah. Right, like, they, they're, like, his followers don't give a shit. They don't care. Yeah. About just... facts. No, it's, it's, it's that's, that's gone. Really the the streamlining of that man's brain. They're looking for ways to veins. tear down Joe Biden. And the, the Hunter Biden thing is, right. is now the new thing in which I have a feeling that will, well, I don't have a feeling that's going to get brought up by Trump on, uh, on Thursday. Like he's going, he's going to bring that up. There's, there's no way he's not. So uh, that'll be a fun one. Cause he's going to bring up dude. Like, there's been a lot of accusations of, of censorship on Facebook and Twitter, but then there's also been people that have looked at the New York post article and said, well, what is, what has been proven accurate out of this? And and then I, I watched Rudy Giuliani go on Fox News and even Fox News was like, Rudy, you got to slow your roll here. He's like, well, look at the emails, look at the emails. And they're like, yeah, but we don't like there. There's emails, but we don't know if the accusations are, are accurate. Like there's it's one thing to make an accusation. It's another to prove the accusation to be true. But it's also right. I mean, and, and, and if it is proven true. It's not surprising because Joe Biden's corrupt. Donald Trump is corrupt. It, they're they're both corrupt politicians. So I mean, if it is proven to not be accurate, in this, like 
They're Joe both. Biden's corrupt in like the systemic politician. Of course, yes. Not revolving in, not in the sense door, of regular, yeah. like run of the mill corruption that we somehow allow. And then Donald Trump is corrupt, like, oh, Saudi Arabia, you want me to sell you nukes? Okay. All right. Well, be cool. I'm going to move things around in uh, Israel and we're not going to want to kill them all this year. Okay? I'm just happy we haven't started another, uh, another right. nuclear war with this guy. Also, that let's was hold off. Let's all invade Iran together so I don't look like a warmongering <laughs> asshole. Well, he didn't do that. I was I was expecting that. And there was all there was always that He that, tried. He fucking tried, dude. There was always he assassinated that carrot. Their, he assassinated their like most beloved general in Iran. Well, there was always that carrot like, that kind of dangled of like if things get real bad, he'll just start a war. And I remember there was uh people that were close to him that used to work in his cabinet basically saying like Dude, he's to, been to that fucking effect. trying for years. He withdrew from the from the JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action with Iran that limited them from getting a nuke. Yeah. He was just like, fuck you, we're done. And then like got out of it. And then he killed their general. And like, I'm not saying Iran is a sympathetic actor here, right? Like, I, I, whatever. But like the the aggression that he his cap he and his cabinet have portrayed towards Iran since he beca he became president. It's not good. Is not good. Not good. So he has tried multiple times to start and to be, he has been aggressive with Iran and they were the rational ones. They were the rational actors <laughs> in that tete-a-tete, -tete, right? Can you fucking believe that? Like the people that we've been like, oh my God, they're crazy Islamists for like the last 40 fucking years. Like, whoa, dude, you're crazy. Like when, they when go. they're in their international circles, you're like, uh, I'm not doing anything because that guy over in America in the Oval Office is nuts. So, oh, yeah. I'm sure they like, all feel that way. Yeah, a couple of drone strikes in Iran. Whatever. We're not going to fuck with him. Done. The last guy blew up a few of our facilities. Like, ah, you got us. But uh, that guy, we're not going to fuck with him, mainly because he's insane and will nuke our entire country. Yeah, especially some of the rhetoric he was using out loud. So not just not just Trump, not just Trump, like. Some of the Republicans who are running against him, like Ted Cruz, I distinctly yeah. remember Ted Cruz saying he wanted to turn Iran into glass. Like a parking lot or something, or yeah. Yeah, that was like they want to turn it into a parking lot, want to turn it into glowing glass. I like know. that's the rhetoric coming out of the Republican Party. So like if you're Iran, you're trying to assert your regional dominance, right? Or or some would argue sovereignty. And you've got a a wing of the most powerful like you got a wing of, of a political faction in the most powerful country in the world who is currently in charge. And at the time had the house, the Senate and the executive and the judiciary. And they, some of those people were saying they want to turn your country into glass. Like, I know, it's... like, and then they withdraw from your, your uh, hard earned treaty to not be a nuke holding country. Yeah. Like, fuck me sideways. Are you serious? <laughs> Like, come on. Like, who, and, and you want to say that America is an irrational actor on the world stage? Like, it's fucking insane. We're a, we're a bipolar, and I'm sorry if that's ableist language, but like, we, we are a uh, awful country to deal with on the international stage. Not, it's not been a solid four years in that realm, but, and it was, no. it was even getting rough before Trump came in. So, been a whole lot of fuck yous. Yeah, not good. Well, somehow I almost sucked an hour out of you off of the town hall debates. I, I am a magician with you. 
I, I don't know how I, I have a list of More stuff. Like I'm pent up because I've been in, in quarantine for seven months. Oh, I, I always like back myself up like, well, if we only talk about this for like 20 minutes, I'll go to this. And if we only, but I somehow <laughs> suck. I feel like oh. you sandbag me. Let's talk about it for 20 minutes. Well, I can go for two hours. Back. I mean, you could, I mean, that's, I've just, I feel like I've, I've pulled off uh, a Hail Mary here and I don't even know how I did it, but uh, I did it. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut it short here because we need to get to our conversation with Ken from yes. Michigan because we had uh, an opportunity to talk with him kind of more so about uh, the governor of Michigan, that plot to kidnap her, possibly kill her, uh, how Michigan is a battleground state, kind of looking back at the the data that came in prior to the 2016 election and then the results that took place and predictions for uh, this year in a few weeks. And then the one conversation that, that I don't, we actually had no intention of doing and then we just kind of fell into it was, the the awkward situations when you talk about politics with uh, family members, with friends, with coworkers, and I know a lot of people could relate to the conversation uh, that we had with Ken about that because all three of us kind of shared our our different kind of experiences and yep. and how surprise like John got off track. That's all right. It, it worked out good. We went we went to a decent chunk with Ken too, but. So we'll uh, we'll take a uh, a quick little break here, and then when we come back, we will be joined by Ken from Michigan. Uh, to talk about uh, those topics. We'll be right back, everybody. All right, back here on episode six of Fly Over Politics. I am Adam. I'm Sean. We're still going to work on that. There's still, there's still hesitation. <laughs> We're still working it out. Yeah. We're working it out. We'll, we'll feel it out. I always give you an opportunity. And this is a first for this show. Um, we... We did a couple live shows in the early version of the show where we would have callers uh, join the program. I think we only did that for the election night in 2016, which we will be doing again uh, this year in, in about two weeks. But we wanted to bring somebody on that uh, I know from my, my wrestling days, who then also had an interest in politics and called into the previous version of this uh, of the show as well. And uh, this gentleman uh, goes by the name of Ken because we have to be a little, I don't know if we have to be secretive necessarily, but there's a fine line of certain topics. And when you get into politics, it gets a little uh, touchy with some people. So he asked me just, just Ken. So, so Ken, I want to call you by the, your other name, which is how I know you from the wrestling days. Your, uh, I guess like your gamer handle, if, if that's what it, what it was. But uh, Ken, welcome uh, to Flyover Politics, sir. Well, thank you for having me. Yes, you can call me Kenko. That's okay. I Kenko just, 12, yeah. You know, I, I have the internet footprint of pretty much Donald Trump, uh, where if you search <laughs> my name, there's probably 100,000 views, and I don't have a common last name. Uh, so, you know, as, as much as I don't need another thing for someone to uh, worry about, uh, I, I feel my, my politics, my political views and stuff is very public, but what I might say on here might not be very uh, nice. Sure, yeah. Like, like I learned last week when, when, uh, Sean pulled me into woke Twitter area and then I got labeled Adam, the asshole by, uh, I think it was goosey who tweeted at us and he called, he called Sean, the snowflake and Adam, the asshole. We had a fun conversation last week. So but like you were worried about woke Twitter coming after you and nothing, it was nothing. Trumpy happened. Twitter. It was Trumpy, Trumpy Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. It was Trumpy right. Twitter, but, but I, nobody like you, you didn't, just, you, me, the internet, nobody's listening. Well, you yeah. didn't, you didn't sick the dogs on me. You could have, but you were no, nice. of course not. Yeah, I, I know. Not, like, I, I know. I know. Genuine discussion. I know it was fine. Uh, so Ken reached out because, well, first of all, Ken w was quite excited to find out that we brought the show back. That was, uh, that was entertaining. He was like, Oh shit, it's back. And he took a screenshot of Spotify and he was plowing through the episodes. And then he was 
sending me a message basically kind of like saying, Hey, if you ever want to uh, talk politics, I'd love to come on. And then just at that very moment, we were having a conversation about bringing him on the show. Your governor, uh, Gretchen, what's last name? Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer, who's been very, very uh, nationally known because of COVID-19. She gets a lot of national coverage. At least I've seen her the most outside of maybe the governor of California is a Gavin Newsom is his name. Um, he gets yeah. a lot of coverage. And then of course the, uh, Cuomo. Cuomo. Yeah. Quite a, he probably gets the most, but Wimmer got in, in the headlines because of, uh, was, was Michigan the, the spot where the, the militia guys showed up all decked out and were going to the Capitol. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah. Oh, I, I was, yeah. 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 yeah talk uh, about it. One of the things regarding Michigan, we were one of the last states to disallow um, international travel from China, like hop skips from China to another country to here. Uh, the Detroit, because we have a lot of international businesses in our state, um, the one thing you notice is, is that a lot of those states that had those huge COVID spikes were international travel states. Um, Michigan had a, I believe, a nonstop to China still going in um, sometime in February. So we had a huge hit. Uh, we were one of the few states that had a huge hit where we don't have mass transit um, to the scales of some other states like Chicago, New York, uh, New Jersey, those, those areas. So we needed to do something drastic. So Whitmer went very drastic, pretty much balls to the wall, like, hey, uh, everything's just shut down. Uh, only thing that's not shut down is going to be basically your grocery stores, and that's it. Um, so I think it put everyone into a little tizzy because we were all locked down. Um, that's when like the mask debate started to happen. Do you need a mask? Do you not need a mask? What does a mask do? And at that point, um, I believe it was in April, there was uh, a lockdown protest in the state capitol, which is in Lansing, Michigan, and uh, they actually got into the state capitol with guns. We are an open carry state. Um, and with that, uh, the state grounds, federal or yeah, state owned properties, you could still carry guns. So there's no laws that you could not take a gun inside. Um, and they actually got into like the balcony of the session. So they were in there with lawmakers, like they were in the balcony, which is, you know, there are some people public area that you can get in there depending on what's being billed. And they just pretty much stormed into there and was just causing a ruckus while holding giant ass guns. Uh, so that happened. I, I want to say that, uh, give a big up to the Sergeant at arms, the Michigan state police, like, there was no incidents. There was no issues. Um, and for some of the photos that you've seen, obviously, there's the the photo of the one angry guy yelling at one of the sergeant at arms, um, like nothing bad happened that day. So it was, um, I think, a lot of tensions. I think we were maybe a couple weeks into, uh, you know, feels forever ago. We were a couple weeks into the lockdown, and as regulations still continue to kind of open, new laws, uh, issues. Um, you, she was. Everyone believed she was going for a VP pick, um, which she was on. You know, a lot of people's lists. Uh, so she was doing all this for a VP pick. Um, now that she's not the VP, she's still doing things and. and when 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 did she come into office? Like when when did her office start? 
It was like 2019, right? Uh, yeah. So she started 2019. She won a uh, primary against Abdullah El Sayed, who runs one of the Crooked Media podcasts, America mm-hmm. Dissected, I believe. Yep. Um, he's a very well-known political figure now. He's a doctor, an epidemiologist. Mm-hmm. Um, so in regards to viral diseases he's actually very intelligent so yep. you know for me i actually primaried for abdul here in michigan in 2018 um it would have been nice to have him and no offense to whitmer but to have him at the the helm of everything but yeah she's only in t- uh to year two over six year term nuts that's that's crazy like you she came in and within a year she's dealing with a global pandemic yeah that's and then being selected or potentially selected or being vetted for VP. That's amazing. It looked like she was, I'm reading just like her bio. She served in the Michigan house of representatives from 2001 to 2006 and in the Michigan Senate from 2006 to 2015. So she wasn't completely new to politics, but being the governor is quite the undertaking. Um, And then like Sean said, to have that, you know, go down as quickly as it did when she got sworn in and, I just re- recall um, seeing her a lot, and I think w- was it was it strictly just because of the fact that she took a hard. I remember there was like conference calls with the president, and she w- was she on one and was vocally um, upset with some of the stuff that the president said, and and I don't I don't know if, if it was her in particular, but I remember her getting a lot of media attention around the time of the lockdown, and they were having those conference calls with different governors, and then that's when the that's when it really started to get politicized where you had, you know, the certain sections of the country. And depending on if the if the governor was on the red team or the blue team, there was a decision made. And if a decision was made in, in the case in our state, in Iowa, with our governor, they didn't do a full blown lockdown, but they did uh, close down, you know, uh, you know, public gatherings and restaurants and, and different areas and, and bars and stuff like there that. There were some light limitations. Light limitations. You could still go uh, into a restaurant and do a pickup, but you couldn't sit inside. And then eventually that was scaled down to you could go inside, but everybody had to be six feet apart. And they, they had to have certain, you could only have no more than like six people at a table and stuff. But from what it sounds like. Now it's COVID equals freedom. Yeah. Now it's very different. Now I don't really see a lot of restrictions whatsoever. And I get the vibe listening to kind of how you described it, Ken, is, is she went pretty, uh, pretty hardcore shutdown. And that's why there was such a, a response uh, from, from a, a certain section of people that, you know, the, the, my, the, my constitutional right people, it sounds like. Well, we also I, I wanted to bring up just to make sure I had the date, like April 17th is when Donald Trump posted liberate Michigan as oh. a two word tweet. That's right. Um, with that, like you, you got into your, and, and there was, there was a huge range of political views because you had your, your anti-vaxxer who typically leans a little more democratic, um, who were is just like, you know, uh, pissed off about the masks, but then you also had, you know, more centrist Michiganders, which we are a very purple state, uh, we're very, very, you know, we're, we're a gun happy state, which is perfectly fine. Lots of hunting, uh, lots of area. Um, we're a UAW state, so that's very blue. So there's just a lot of, uh, as I said, purple in the area. And I know we'll talk about Michigan 2016, which was a huge thing and what's going to happen in Michigan 2020, but for Gretchen Whitmer. And at that time, you just kind of got into your own side and you're like, well, Donald Trump says liberate Michigan. So let's liberate Michigan. 
<laughs> and it's I, I I haven't seen too much in where I am. So I'm in Ypsilanti, Michigan, uh, which is home of the um, the big uh, water tower, or as we call it, the uh, the block cock, because it looks like a giant penis. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a fun story because it's the most phallic building like it's won a competition for the most phallic building in the world <laughs> um and uh, so that's that's where i am which is pretty you you get a lot of liberals because we're near ann arbor we're near detroit um but oh, I am look, i'm looking at a picture <laughs> oh water tower yeah it's that's phallic. Sean, that's Sean, phallic. Sean didn't waste any time. He Googled that son bitch that quick. Googled that's, it right yeah. away. Right. If you're talking about cock, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking it up. NSFW, that is for sure. Uh, so Adam's going to have to click the uh, yeah, I might have to click the language yeah. button. That's all right. That's the internet. I, I, I think in the in the end, though, like everyone picked their sides and either you were pro mask or against mask and masks didn't make you breathe. And what, what sucked is, is that this kind of the lockdown is really shown on my Facebook, uh, some of my family's true colors. And it just it hurts me to see it because I, I thought they were more on my side or more centrist. And then I realized that me personally, I grew up in a conservative household. So, you know, I voted, <laughs> mind you, the only person I've ever voted for that one was George Bush in 2004. Uh, so nothing. And now, that, and now you're back in Abdullah Sayed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Life yeah, is definitely a lot different for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, Things change. Yeah, I, yeah. The, the thing, things do change. And and for me, I just it, it, it was hard for the lockdown. I lost my job um, like I got laid off with uh, I was employee number 35 of a company over 3000. And I that was it's like me drawing the, the face paints of clown makeup like, oh, they can't let me go. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, you know, I found another job and I'm perfectly fine. But again, it's it it, it hurt a lot of people that I know, I think it showed mm -hmm. a lot of people true colors. But one thing that I've noticed is, is that with the lockdown nationally, not just in Michigan, um, a lot of people are getting depressed. A lot of people are going down YouTube rabbit holes that they don't need to be. And I think that's where the um, the biggest issue of our country is right now is, is that voices that should have been quiet are not quiet any longer. Yes. Well, Sean brought that up. Uh, I don't know if it was our first or second episode where you Sean said, um, if, if I'm not mistaken, I'm paraphrasing that you straight up removed family members off of social media when all the anti-mask kind of stuff started uh, popping out. And I I didn't go down that route, but I definitely was like, oh, no, when I would see stuff. But I didn't yeah, quite I, take it that I mean, far. But you you just decided to be like, you're out of here. No, it was before anti-mask. It was like right oh, really? after okay. when Trump won. I had people and same thing as Ken's family where you're like, I see your true colors now. And it was, it went from like these people I grew up with that I would go see at family gatherings that were the warmest, kindest or are the warmest, kindest and lo most loving people. But like the stuff they're spewing on Facebook was the most hateful and awful. And it just blew up my childhood conception of my family as this loving, wonderful you know, part of the world. And uh, it was kind of jarring seeing that hate shared on social media where it was just like, I, I know something happened to you because I, I have, I've grown up with you. You're not, 
this isn't you. This isn't the person I grew up with, but for some reason, this is the way you've, you've fallen. And similarly, I grew up and, you know, apolitical, and then I was slightly conservative uh, just because, like, you know, one party wrapped themselves in the flag. And I was a fucking patriot, so I was, I'm going to, yeah, they are the ones that are patriots too, so I'm wrapping myself in the flag. And I'm going to join them on the patriotic side. And then you start realizing, like, oh, this is the shit you guys want to do? No, this is nuts. Yeah. And uh, uh, eventually worked my way over to the, to the you know, the left side. And I was like, oh, I'm a Democrat now. And I was like, these people are dumb as shit, too. <laughs> and then and then now I'm over here on the socialist side looking at the commies going like, oh, man, yeah. I don't think I'm that far, but I'm certainly not over there. And and I have since got back on Facebook yeah. and I have not looked back like they they try and friend me <clears throat> yeah. and that's fine. Like I'll refriend them, but I don't look at my feed on Facebook. I thought I got go. I thought I got the boot from you because I saw a new Sean pop. I'm like, did Sean like did I do something? Did I say and no. then I'm like, oh, you deleted your old one I, and then yeah, I yeah. permanently deleted it. Yeah, like back back in 2016, it was like a couple months after Trump won, and I was sitting yeah. there arguing with people and seeing the disappointment stream across my timeline, thinking like, this isn't healthy. And I got rid of it. I got rid of all social media except for LinkedIn. And then slowly got back into Twitter because Twitter was providing me uh, um, access to journalism about the the Trump campaign and the Trump like the Trump goings yeah. on. And then now it's just fucking doom doom scroll doom scrolling on Twitter, <laughs> sharing pictures of my kids for my my parents on Instagram. Yeah. And then like my lighthearted TikTok is like, oh, we're gonna learn a dance today. Yeah, but but no politics uh, on TikTok. No, I don't. Well, it, politics will happen on TikTok, but I don't really engage in it. I try to I try to steer the algorithm for Instagram and TikTok to happy yeah. things, so that like it can <laughs> it's a mood booster rather than fucking Twitter doom scrolling. But well, I've, yeah. I've personally unfollowed a lot of people where I value their friendship enough to where if they're spewing shit and I just right. like, I know no matter what I say is going to do an argument of, Oh, well it's CNN. So it's fake news or, Oh, it's this. So it's not real. Or, Oh, Snopes is a left wing group. Right. I I've, I've learned that I can un um, unfollow people and just feel better. Cause I don't see it, but you know, you talk about doom scrolling on Facebook, and I think for me, like, I've just started to more scroll on my Instagram um, whenever I just want to see content. Like, if I'm killing a mm -hmm. minute or two and I want to see content, because Facebook is just still, no matter what, is filled with such terrible stuff, and I just, <laughs> I, I, for the most part, can't do it. Like, I'll post memes, I'll post dumb stuff, like, you know, we, as we'll talk about Michigan, uh, like, I, I had a friend that was saying like oh joe biden doesn't even know what day it is and then two days later he you know uh, donald trump calls michigan minnesota and i'm like right. you can't right. you can't do this and say that it, it means something like it just it it means absolutely nothing to you you just want a negative against the guy which is fine if you have to find your negatives but for me i i'm not a fan of joe biden like this year um yeah. i i know i was talking to actually adam back in uh, february like i was yang gang yeah um, and uh, I, you know, went from Yang to Bernie to Biden as everyone kind of sewed up next to Biden. And I just can't 
I can't fathom there. There's people that I have to unfriend. There's family that I have to just fully unfollow um, because I don't want to make things awkward in the future. But sooner or later, like if I see enough of the dumb shit that you post, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm sure we can curse on this. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. Enough of the, the dumb shit you post. I just don't need your, your negativity in my life. Cause you're not posting positive things. You're posting negative things about Joe Biden or you're posting that of negative things about his son. And I'm like, right. it, I just can't, I can't deal with your hate and vitriol. I liked the, who, I liked the experiment of, I would post a photo with Tulsi Gabbard and get absolutely crucified by other friends of mine that were super progressive Democrats. And then I would post a photo throwing up the deuces with Yang gang and everyone's like, cool photo, man. And I just thought it was very funny. The contrast and like it's the same party, but because one person isn't, we full. are going to have a long I, I form discussion I about why that's the case. I know. And I, I'm going to disagree with just about everything you're going to say. So it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a fun episode. We're, we're doing a Tulsi episode, Ken, later in the year after the election blows over, but um, let's, let's see if this joke lands. Can I be present for it? <laughs> I got see what you did there. I like what you did there. I actually love that vote by the way. And, and uh, Sean's going to tell me why it was disgraceful and, and all this wonderful stuff. So it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be, it's going to be very similar yeah. to our woke Twitter uh, conversation. I think that we had. Yeah. There. So um, now, now Ken with, with uh, going back to family on Facebook and, and Gretchen Whitmer and the lockdown in Minnesota, in Minnesota I'm fucking, Oh, you just trumped him. Trump you just trumped it. It's in my brain now with, in Michigan. Uh, first off, who knew that a social media platform where you could rate women by their appearance and and body shape could turn into a negative thing for our, our society but that aside do you feel that you are now being given a window into people's political leanings because you have facebook and they were as disgusting before but just kind of hit it inside and now they get to share it in like the solace of their own you know easy well, let's... like recliner or is it like were they radicalized because now they're going through some strife in their life and and there was an there was a, a fence that they were sitting on and once that stress hit them they went to one side or the other like which 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 do you feel i know i know it's anecdotal but like the you know these people are they experiencing some kind of strife or are they jump or they did they feel that way before and they're jumping on a bandwagon I feel the people who are let's 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 put them into to camps. I believe there's a, a pro Trump camp. I believe there's a Republican camp separate of um, pro Trump. The the people that have really gotten behind Trump as if he's a rock star, um, the the megastar type superstar personality, you know, first ever celebrity president. Um, mm -hmm. Those are the people that are just long gone. You can't talk with them. You can't associate with them. You can't have a, a political discussion with them. Um, Were they activated by Trump politically? Were they apolitical I, before? And now I they're like. believe they were Republicans, but they were quiet Republicans. Um, mm. So uh, people who were just, you know, oh, they don't. I don't I don't think they felt being political was um, a personality trait until Trump made it a personality trait. Right. OK. Um, you know, for growing up in a conservative household, 
both my families are Roman Catholic. I grew up Catholic. I'm now an atheist. Like I had to come out as atheist to my parents before it came out that my Facebook mentioned that I was atheist. And now I've got to, you know, tell my parents that before uncle, you know, Jack decides to say, Hey, uh, did you see Ken's Facebook post that he's an atheist? Um, so I think there's, listen, the- listen, we all know that you can pay for a papal bull and take care of that. You're going to be fine. Your family's going to pay the church to make sure that you're fine. So you can go do whatever you want. The You just have to pay enough and that your sins absolved. That's the way the Catholicism works. I was God, raised, I, I was raised, I was raised Roman Catholic also. So I, I know how this works. Like, it doesn't we matter all, what you do. I, yeah, as long we, as you pay. Yeah. We all, I think pay, we all could have little, that, that right. same conversation. The, because like, right. we're, 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 it was Catholic, right? You were raised Catholic, Ken? Correct. Yeah. So we all could have, have a. Oh boy, we could we could have an interesting Same. conversation about that. Maybe we should do that one as a separate. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah that would be. Catholics. Yeah, that would be fascinating actually, because that's the. I I maybe it's it's an inaccurate uh, data poll, but it, it was one of the uh, leading religions that has lost the the most amount of followers in the last decade, I think. Um, yeah. So that would be fascinating to dive into that. But anyway, I, I have, digress. I have felt. Shortly, like I can tell the story, but I, I got some other point that's more appropriate. But I have felt more faith in a Target parking lot than I have in any of my years in church. <laughs> like just walking out of a Target parking lot and you feel this wash of like, oh, oh, that's grace. And then like, I've never felt that in a fucking church before. <laughs> like, but anyway. Uh, bringing, it, bringing it back to the, the conversation is, is that I think the celebrity, the um, emboldenedness allowed for people to be more emboldened and forthcoming of theirs. Now, yeah. if, if you would have asked me four years ago, are, is your family uh, for or against, a, you know, a pro-choice or pro-abort, uh, pro-choice or pro-life? There you go. That's the two phrases. Um, you know, I would tell you that they're pro-life. And even so, like a lot of them are, you, you'll, you'll get the, the different rates, pro-life, pro-life, you know, unless it's a rape or pro-life, unless it's incest or the life of the mother. But for me, like, I, I think I didn't really see it until I saw it in the sense mm-hmm. to where I didn't see it from my family because I knew it. I knew damn well they were pro-life, but, you know, were they, you know, I, I just, I, it, it's now you know it was like a central animating figure in their life the way it is now. Correct. Like the way the way that uh, three Supreme Court fights, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Amy Coney Barrett have like solidified it in the central like animating feature for some people on the right right now, where it's like you walk through the fucking grocery store and like there are people thinking about like that, that dude's pro life, that dude, that dude's you know pro abortion, like <laughs> and like just looking at people, be like I can just fucking tell that guy loves abortions, maybe. <laughs> I, you know I, what I mean? It, you know what I mean? Like that's it has become uh, a central a central figure in the way people view their political leanings. Like oh, that's I'm, the I'm willing the to bet there's there. there's plenty of people where you you had one idea of who they were and then you read their Facebook and you've put them in such a crazy different camp. You're like, I don't like you anymore. Like you're a terrible person. Right. And, and in their eyes, I'm a terrible person because right. I'm, a, you know, Antifa loving. Um, I don't know what else they they say. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take your guns away and give your kids abortions. Um, right. That's what I'm gonna do as a Democrat. No, that's that's not even a Democrat. Um, I I think 
within social media, we've just seen what our family, who who everyone's true colors are. Because I also think think back to you know I'm I'm a huge gamer. Um, imagine if you will like the keyboard warriors of like the Counter Strike 1.6 days, mm-hmm. um, but now they can even put their name behind it because they're so emboldened that they can just do it on Facebook and Twitter, even if they want to be anonymous on Twitter or anonymous, you know, how many times have you seen someone respond to you on Facebook and they have like an American flag, bald Eagle fake uh, profile. (laughs) I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you because I don't know who you are or what you are. That's the running meme is when you see the person with sunglasses on and, and a hat on and some kind of flag in the background, you know, they're about to light up your Facebook comments with something pro Trump. It just, it's very, um, it's very cliche these these days. Yeah, or they're gonna gonna record a stand up video in their truck and put it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that's the that's the other move. I'm gonna sit in my truck and I was gonna say and and Sean's I think the only one that can kind of sympathize with me when what, I, what I'm about to say is that we're surrounded by a lot of rednecks in Iowa. At least I am. Mm-hmm. I grew up. I, I went to a school that was um, I would say 20, 30 percent of the people that went to the school, lived out on an acreage of some kind. Either they lived on a farm or they lived down in just bumfuck Iowa, but they would drive into, and it was weird because I never really considered myself. I live in Iowa. There's, there's, there's a giant cornfield in my backyard. It used to be Sean's same, same view back in the day, but I don't have like a connection to that um, way of living. Like I have friends, I have a friend that runs a farm but I and I and I, but I know how he votes. Like I, I know he's going to be conservative. I know he's going to be Republican. So it's not a shock when I see him sharing Trump stuff. But there was a few moments when when we did that uh, 2016 presidential election thing live on Facebook. And I, to me, my thought was, well, I didn't want to do it on YouTube because I didn't really have a YouTube channel going, and we could only go for 15 minutes if we weren't verified. So I'm just going to put it on Facebook because there's no cap on it. And then a ton of people that either were people that uh, knew me uh, personally living in Iowa, grew up with me, went to school with, or people that knew me from WrestleView like Ken, decided to kind of call in or they would comment as we were doing the show. And it was quite surprising to see some of the people that were very pro-Trump four years ago. And I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case this time. Maybe maybe it still will, but we live, I mean, it, and I'm, I'm looking at the results in Michigan from four years ago and it's a lot closer than it was in Iowa, but I, I, I overwhelmingly feel like we all have always lived in a red state, Sean. Maybe I, maybe that's completely wrong, but I, it, 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 it ebbs and flows, obviously, with the Obama era didn't. But mm-hmm. I still, even when, when, even when Obama won, I was kind of like, really? Like, I was kind of like a little surprised because I just. I, I, think it's, I think it's because Iowa's a battleground state and it's predominantly conservative. Yes but for the places it's not right. Like, like if you look at the map of counties, it's predominantly the rural working class is predominantly conservative, but for the cities and Obama was able to turn out the cities, right? Like Vilsack was able to turn out the the cities. Well, that's, that's what happens when you look in the the state of Michigan too, because the state of Michigan We we were heavy. If you ever want to look at the the map of 2016 Michigan and how blue Detroit is, um, but if you the the further you get out of Detroit, it, you know it turns redder and redder and redder. But also mm-hmm. there's less and less and less people. You're talking counties of you know a couple thousand people with Detroit and with Michigan itself in 2016. 
Um, I think the big thing is is that you guys have the the agriculture. We have the blue collar. Yep. And the right. reason why you know every every four years or every two years, you know, they're coming to Michigan. They're coming to Macomb County to do interviews because that Macomb County area is the peak middle class of post gentrification white flight um, in Detroit. So mm-hmm. it is such a weird and different um, uh, thing because it, it just everyone there is, you know, you could be UAW and I can't tell you how many UAW people I know that are pro Trump. And, you know, to- so nuts. Like there is one political party who doesn't do much for unions. And then there's one who's like outright trying to destroy them. And there are people in unions who are voting for the second of the two, right? Like it doesn't, and it's, <clears> it's purely because, yeah, it's purely because they've shifted the, the discussion of what the federal government does or can do for the material conditions of the American people. And it's all on shit like abortions, right? Like it, they, somehow the political discourse has centered around and maybe I'm maybe I'm being Iowa centric so Ken let me know if this is the same in Michigan but it seems like it's one one group likes guns and one group hates guns and one group likes abortions and the other group wants to you know jail all the abortioners and one group you know wants to teach your kids about evolution one wants them to grow up in the house of god and somehow in they've missed all of the like well wait a minute which one's going to make the real economy work better or which one's fiscal policy is actually going to produce more jobs or why isn't there a national in- infrastructure bank? Or why does my state have, you know, like what is that? Is that, am I right in Michigan too? Well, I, so, so one, you're literally my father right now because he is a, whoever, <laughs> he is a one, one um, thing voter. Like the only thing he cares about is abortion. If you're pro-abortion or against abortion, that's, that's how he votes, period, flat. Um, within Michigan, you know, there, a lot of things that you said, Sean, were bad faith arguments and you know they're bad faith arguments and Mm. you know that the democrats are not you know going to take your guns away especially in michigan like you you talk to someone who's like bernie sanders like a pro bernie sanders he's like i got guns i live in vermont like we hunt all the time like it's not a um uncommon thing where we like we love our guns here in michigan everyone has guns you know and yeah, I'm a Bernie Sanders supporting socialist, and people are like, oh, well, so you hate guns? Like, no, I've got fuckloads of them. They're like, well, how many? <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know how many guns I have. Like, I could go in there and count. I think, you know, I could go in and count, but like, I don't know the full number. It's like between 11 and 13, right? Like, I've got I've guns, and it blows people's minds. Like, you're a liberal. I'm like, well, first off, I'm not a liberal, but I'm a leftist, and I, yeah, I have guns. Like, but. I, is it like yes, it's a completely disingenuous argument, and for some reason it's been a line drawn in the sand. Well, because all I have to do is bring up that Beto quote from a year ago saying that I'm going to take <laughs> away your AKs, like mm-hmm. because he said that once, even yeah. though in eight years Obama had never tried to take away your guns. It's so silly. Right. It's the silly, and I, I have these kind. Of, I have a close friend who uh, most of the time votes conservative, but has this connotation that that Democrats are going to take his guns away. 
And there's, there's no, it's just a, it's a talking point that really caught fire and doesn't go away. And you can, I mean, you can literally cite the things that has happened during the Trump administration that has been against the ability to, to support the second amendment, but they won't listen to it because that's their, that's their dude. And he's in the Republican party and they're, everyone's pro guns and you can't tell me any different. It's very it's a very odd. I wanted. To, I know we were talking about the governor, and I want to go back to that because there was a, a weird kidnapping situation that I wanted to get your thoughts on. But we were sorry. Blame blame Sean on the. I know it's fine. Yeah, Cause, for cause... sure. I I am not focused in my thoughts. <laughs> it's fine. We we were talking about um, stuff from four years ago, and I as we were having the conversation, I dialed up some data just for fun, just to kind of go back, and we were talking about the difference in. This, the, the states of Iowa and Michigan four years ago. And the, the final uh, presidential election result for Michigan was really close. I had no idea how close this was. Trump won 47.50% to Hillary's 47.27%. It was, Trump did 2,279,543 votes. She did 2,268,839,000 votes. That was he won by twenty one thousand votes. That is, I didn't, I had no idea, Ken, that it was that close. That's that's eleven thousand. Was it eleven thousand? Yep, eleven thousand. That's 11, a six, 000. not a five. Sorry, I could not eleven thousand votes. So I, I did we not? I, I guess that escaped my brain when we did that yeah. show about how close because that's Michigan generally is always a battleground state every election. Um, but I, I saw that Ken, and then I looked just for fun, like what happened in Iowa. It was, it was completely different. It was Trump 51 point, uh, 51% to Hillary's 41%. So it was pretty dramatic swing. However, the, the counties with what you would consider the maybe more liberal cities, like, like Cedar Rapids and, and Iowa city and Des Moines, all those were easily carried by Hillary by, by a lot, mm-hmm. but, but the, final total though and all the the with with all the counties in it was it was a different shift so and i then and then for fun when i when i looked at that i went let me look at what the polls were, were showing going into that final week or the final couple weeks in up until from september of the prior year up until november almost november 1st hillary had anywhere from a 10 point lead to as low as a four point lead and then the week of the election, it flipped plus two to Trump. And then a couple days later, the last poll had her up by like barely three or four. And then you saw the, the how close it was at the end. So I'm fascinated looking at now, granted, we're, we're taping this podcast uh, two weeks out from the election. So we're, we're pulling data between October 17th and October 21st, roughly. Right now, Biden is up 53% to Trump's 44% based on polling right now in the state of Michigan. What is your sense, Ken, considering how close it was four years ago? And I know you said you're not, you're not uh, a Biden person, but I, I would assume based on how you've been talking with us that you're probably going to vote for Joe Biden. Maybe I'm wrong, but what, what is your take? Like that's a, that's a plus nine lead for Biden two weeks out. Is that still... Is that a, a rather aggressive given how things turned out four years ago? Because people bring that up a lot. Like, don't don't forget four years ago, that kind of stuff. Well, four years ago, uh, 
and we're with the the main states that Trump barely squeaked by. So Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Michigan. You're talking a margin of eighty thousand votes. Uh, yeah. If you look at five thirty eight, they tell you all the time. You know, they it was within the margins. Like they were the closest ones, and they got shit uh, four years ago because they were the closest ones. What Michigan wasn't prepared for is, is that in two thousand twelve. We had roughly 50K third-party votes. And when I say, like, third-party, I mean anything that's not Democratic or Republican. Um, so you're looking at just 50,000 votes thrown away. Not thrown away. That's rude. I, You, you guys are voters. Um, Sorry, when it's Donald Trump, no, they're fucking thrown away. If you're voting third-party in this, this election cycle and you're like, well, I don't know, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same to me, like – Okay. Well, they are, Lock but I, I get it. I no. Sh- Sean Sean looked gave me the same stern lecture four years ago, Ken, when I voted for Gary Johnson instead of Hillary. So <laughs> I feel I feel within twenty twenty, if you like, if you're voting third party, either you're not gonna vote or you're gonna vote third party. I don't feel like I don't believe in the hype of a third party vote as a vote for Trump or a third party vote as a vote for Biden. Like I feel if you're voting third party, your your vote is the exact same as if you stayed home because you probably would have stayed home. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have voted third party if it was you know that that's just it. So the reason I'm bringing this up, fifty thousand twenty twelve. Well, in twenty sixteen we had two hundred fifty thousand um, third party votes. So our third party votes nearly uh, five times. And when you're talking an 11,000 vote margin, you know, and you could get into the, the details, but the, the big third party was libertarian, which is Gary Johnson. He had like 150,000 and, you know, libertarian is more towards Republican and not democratic. Um, and then you have like Jill Stein, I think she had 50,000. So there's, there's a lot of votes that you know people play the game i have friends that yell at me all the time especially because you know yang was taking away votes from other people and i'm like i i just don't care that's a primary that's completely yeah it's very different primary i i I understand that but it was ruining bernie's chances is what a friend of mine said because yang was taking away votes from bernie um but but again but yeah i i i I disagree wholeheartedly with that obviously but you know, you had a lot of people who just did not want to participate in the two-party system or the two parties, period. So within the the 2012, um, you know, Donald Trump pretty much had a little bit more than Romney had, and Obama, I think, beat him by 10 points here. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a huge swing. So I I'm going to be naturally nervous because this is our first year for um, no. Uh, no excuse absentee. This is our first year for uh, you can vote, uh, register to vote up until the day of. You can do absentee up until the day before. Like a lot of the new laws in Michigan came in the 2018 uh, midterms. What's and, what's? Can you explain what no excuse absentee? Because I'm I'm not familiar with that. So prior to 2018, you needed to have an excuse to register to vote absentee. Now your excuse could be anything from I'm old. Um, or uh, I'm going to be on vacation, or I have work that's a travel job, so I might not be guaranteed. And you can be turned away to vote absentee. So for me, I voted absentee in the primary 2018 uh, because I had a job where I traveled all the time. I was, you know, especially like in 2019, I probably was on a hundred plus different planes. Um, 
So my job, and of course my schedule changes week to week. I might have to go fly out. I've been told to fly out. Like I got a call at noon and I'm on a plane to Orlando at two 30. So that, those are the kinds of things that happen in my job. So I'm like, I got to vote absentee. Um, but non-excuse absentee means that I do not need an excuse anymore. If you want an absentee ballot in Michigan, you got it now. Interesting. Do they do? Do they have anything crazy like uh, rule wise in, in Iowa, Sean, with absentees? Because you did. Because mm-hmm. you, well, I think you talked about that on the last uh, podcast about the the process that you uh, decided to do this year instead of going to vote in person. But is it is it similar to that where you? Can you do the no excuse absentee or how does that work? Yeah, we've had we've had no excuse absentee. You just okay. send in your absentee ballot request. I've, I have voted that way the last three elections, four elections. Um, it's just easier. It's more convenient for me. I just mail it to my house. I fill it out at home. And then it helps. A lot of it's like it helps with the races you're not familiar with. Like everybody knows like kind of where we sit with uh trump biden but then for like county ag commissioner yeah you're like, i don't know who the fuck is this guy yeah yeah i never even heard of these people before mm-hmm. and same with same with uh judicial court uh retention because iowa has circuit courts and then our supreme court we have a recall system or uh we vote on them every few years and you can choose whether or not you recall that supreme court justice okay and so uh, you know, I'll read about Iowa Supreme Court rulings, but it doesn't stick in the way in my brain, the way that, you know, na- like the Supreme Court rulings do and sure. the, those personalities do. So I can sit there and Google it uh, while I vote and read up on it, be better educated. So it's, it's a, I think, a better way to have a more educated electorate. So some people, some people don't think. I, so uh, I, I wanted to hit those that data quick just because I had no idea how close that it was in, in Michigan. So it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in a few weeks. So getting back to uh, the governor a little bit. So we talked a little bit about the the militia stance uh, a couple weeks into the the lockdown situation. And then uh, I want to say, in the la- has this been the last two weeks? The story came out about this group of guys that wanted to uh, kidnap the governor. And did they... I, I saw some stuff on Twitter last night. There was uh, WhatsApp conversations. They they got screenshots of their conversations, which, by the way, WhatsApp is supposed to be encrypted. So I don't know if they just got a hold of their devices and and rooted them and got through to it. But um, they were they were staking out her, her residence and they were joking about why don't we just walk up to her front door, ring the doorbell and pop her right there. And they were laughing about killing her. And there was videos of some of them. But how did this th- this kind of hit? like fast and quick, at least for me in the media, uh, Ken, when I saw it was like, holy shit, like they were really going to try to uh, kidnap her and possibly kill her unless I read that wrong. Let's I'm going to take it back to a little bit earlier. You were talking about how you got to learn the Michigan governor's name over in Iowa because of just the way things were going. Uh, my entire company is based out of Texas and they know about my governor like it. The the whole lockdown thing, Michigan, like it, it brought her to prominence. I think a lot of people knew who Gavin Newsom was and who um, Andrew Cuomo was uh, prior. But with Whitmer, um, I think there was just a lot of hate and vitriol. Um, Michigan has a lot of militia groups. So when like it, I'm not surprised that this happened. I'm thankful that it was, um, you know, 
it, it didn't like it got blocked before it happened and we have a government that is capable of stopping a domestic terrorist plot um but with with whitmer like on here i'm gonna be honest with you it was a blip on the screen um because everyone wanted to know who it was to blame aside that was it antifa was it uh you know militia were they right wing were they left wing who did they vote for like it wasn't even about this woman your governor whether you voted for her or not your governor uh was uh it had a foiled kidnapped plot and you just want to figure out which side to blame um, and that's kind of what our entire and even on Facebook, I mean, I can't tell you how many f- people I had to start unfollowing because of unfound like, oh, this person was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Antifa. And I'm like, oh, I don't think they were Antifa. That's bizarre. Yeah. And. Yeah. Antifa, I, I've I've read a book. It's Antifa, the anti-fascist handbook by a guy named Mark Bray. And if you actually, if you take time to understand the political leanings of anti-fascists, um, you you come to understand that something like this is not the anti-fascist, like <laughs> the leftward-leaning governor who's trying to institute a uh, uh, public safety uh, core uh, containment for a pandemic is not a uh, anti-fascist target. Yeah, it. <sighs> I think it more talks about the people who are, you know, everyone that's just been sitting around. Like, uh, again, the the fact that this woman almost got kidnapped, potentially murdered, and the president, like, a day later is fucking negging her on Twitter. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm so like... so weird. But, but the thing is, is that it's... Is it's, it, though? Is it? I, I mean, <laughs> he's... I, a, He's an asshole. I mean, He's I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on, on disliking the president, but even I was like, really, dude, like the, there was, there was lock her up chance about her at a Trump rally recently. And she essentially blamed the president for inciting domestic terrorism. And I think she's right. I mean, you, it, it, but it was strange though, because there were some people that were saying that these guys were also anti-law enforcement too, but I didn't, I, I still haven't gotten an accurate representation or rundown uh, of who these people are, what their values were, what their ideology was, all that kind of stuff. I just seen these scary photos of them when they were when they were arrested and apprehended. Listen, but... let me distill their ideology right now. <clears throat> hey, man, we got all these fucking guns, and I hate masks. And she's making <laughs> me wear masks. There it does. Go. It does seem that way. But why would they be anti law enforcement? Because isn't that part of that that world of? Listen, because they oh. stand between my guns and the person making me try to wear a fucking mask. Okay. Yes. Yeah. No, so like thin blue wrong. line on the back of my truck, but un- if they're in my way, yeah, I gotta get I gotta get rid of the tyrant, the mask mask forcing tyrant. I I feel and and I'm I'm laughing at everything you're saying, Sean. But the there feel it's accurate. Oh, oh, one hundred percent. But <laughs> there there is definitely not an over not an understatement or overstatement. It's exactly there's a, on. Point. A lot of people who cannot differentiate between anarchist and um, Antifa. They feel they might be one and the same um, because mm-hmm. like it like one of the guys was an anarchist. He wasn't a Republican. But in the same token, like if you probably went through all of his beliefs, you could tell you you could put him on the spectrum of whatever side he was leaning towards. With that in mind, um, 
you know, there is the, uh, a contingency, and obviously I'm sure you've heard of them, uh, Adam, but the Boogaloo Boys, who are fairly anti-law uh, enforcement and fairly Republican for the most part. It's like so weird. It's, it's you, you have an ideology of a militia where you just don't trust the government. Okay. And a lot of people who don't trust the government are... Uh, typically conservative. They don't trust the government to do things correctly, which is fair. There's a lot of fuck-ups. But I just feel that there is there 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 definitely is a crossover. But but again, taking it back, people cared more about their ideology as we're talking about it now than talking about the fact that this woman almost got killed. Like Right. Yeah. Right. It was bizarre. It was just so like they was just so normalized too. Like, oh, by the way, they were trying to murder the governor and it was, and I, again, I, I saw different, I heard they wanted to kidnap her because there was, there was kind of like a, there was an FBI profile thing that I read about it where they didn't actually think that these guys were capable of pulling this off in the first place. They thought that they were, you know, just kind of masquerading as a militia that, that they were, I think I saw like a video of them in a car, like showing as if they were, um, they, they I were, saw that. Dude. Yeah. They were military. You know, that conversation and, went like, Hey, Tim, you're going to ride shotgun, but you're going to have a fucking rifle, okay? We're going to drive up to the front of the governor's mansion, and you're going to get out, and I'm going to get out, and we're going to start fucking blasting. Yeah, okay? that's kind of that's were, how this is going to go, okay? And then we're going to go were, inside, and then, listen, it's just like that episode of of South Park with under, under, <laughs> underpants gnomes, when they have, like, a list of three things they're going to do, and, like, number one is shoot fucking guns. Number two, we're going to leave it blank, because we're just going to figure it out. Number three... And tyranny. Okay, I think you're giving the them too much plan. credit. I think you're giving them too much credit for planning at that point. They were, they just seemed like they Listen, were. Uh... You get out of the car and you fucking blast towards <laughs> the right, and I'm gonna get out of the car and I'm gonna blast towards the left. The FBI profile did not seem to indicate that they were very intelligent uh, individuals. Oh, that's the nice way to put it. So, I don't know. I if mean, they're... They're... They were smart enough that they were planning on getting her up in Traverse City, which is where her like cabin is, versus the governor's mansion. So at least true, that's true, that's better. At, at least they knew, and and I mean, she she is still going out and still doing public appearances and still like being out and about. And if if I was me and you told me, hey, these people uh, were going to kidnap and kill you, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to stay in the my house for a little bit. Yeah, uh, I don't want to go anywhere. But I see, um, you know, I'm I'm huge into the beer industry here in Michigan, and I saw like a post from Rare Bird, which is a brewery up here in Michigan, and there she is just chilling out at Rare Bird drinking beer, and I'm like, Oof, okay, all right, you know what? Good for her for not letting that like cower you, right? Like you, that is the only way that you, not the only way, but like that is exactly what you do is you you yeah, the, the federal government ended it, and you still march out there unashamedly because you're doing the right thing fucking let them try and i have a feeling that on the on the the non-lens side of that camera there's like a shitload more <laughs> state patrol oh that, yeah i'm uh, sure i'm sure uh but but good for her like i'm i'm glad that she didn't yeah that's that's take some uh some big hairy balls to just be like yep i'm gonna go have a beer and after someone try to kidnap me but i th there's also a part of me as you were saying that sean that i would have been like you know is this really worth it to to be doing this kind of governor thing there's, if... the, there's the principle of the thing yeah that if you if you're fighting for something that you believe in and you have militias 
who are like that are trying to usurp your power or like you know fucking american taliban come and capture you and cut off your head we we call and them al-qaeda not al-qaeda yeah al-qaeda al-qaeda trying yeah. to come after you and you're doing the right thing for for your constituents for michigander michiganders 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 you're doing the right thing for michiganders right like you're you have to always face that down in the same way that that people have always faced that down in the past because if if you cower against that reactionary like wing mm-hmm. of your populace they know they can win that's why you know yeah. i mean they, you just can't allow it and i'm proud of her i'm happy that she didn't yeah you're right um and i'm i am hopeful for like there's a a level of strength there that you have to portray and project um and it was a from everything i've read it's been a quiet strength of like being undaunted in your focus on the the health welfare and safety of your constituents of the people that live in your state and not a heavy-handed reactionary response with a state level crackdown on militias by the state police. And you know you know you understand the difference. See the difference, the symbolic difference versus the force difference that that she is and I don't want to say sympathetic, but the there hasn't been a response by her wielding the power of the state that would off put people. And maybe I missed the headlines, but her her focus on the issues and pushing back on the the um extremism in a rhetorical way in a a political way and in a just a branding or marketing way has been more powerful because these people are being met with derision like obviously by me because i think they're fucking ridiculous but by most people who view that and they, you can watch those videos and be like, man, that dude is like, hey, Tim, you get out and you're going to fucking get your booger hook and you're going to get it on the bang <laughs> switch and we're going to light some shit up, okay? And, like, you can see that that's been the reaction of most people. Like, who the fuck are these dum-dums thinking they're going to go and kidnap a, a governor? And and I feel like that's always more powerful. No, you're right. She needed to do that because I, I, I was approaching it from the – like, well, I don't know if I want to be involved in this anymore if this is going to happen. But you're right, though. If, if she would have cowered, then that would have showed that that even that voting pot. I mean, granted, there's a there's a section of people that aren't going to vote for her anyway, regardless of what she does. But right. you're right that you have to give that you have to give that that projection um, to the to the people of Michigan that, yeah, we this was this happened, but we figured it out and, and we're moving on. But the the locker, the locker up chance, Ken, is that just because she wants people to wear a mask still? Is that why they were chanting that at the Trump rallies or? Is that yep. okay? All right. It's it's not mask. There's a lot of restrictions, and especially being in the restaurant industry, I know I've I've seen a lot of them, and we're we're fairly worried. Um, you know, I made a, a a crazy prediction that I don't think is even that crazy anymore. Is that Michigan's at 400 breweries by the end of 2021? We're going to be at 300. Oof. 
because for the summer and late fall, it's still been nice, like patios and the MLCC and Michigan laws. Like we have a uh, representative out on the west side of the state in Waterlevitt called uh, her name Pauline Wenzel. And she was pushing for a lot of new um, updated Michigan laws because a lot of our laws are still, you know, kind of post prohibition pre craft beer. Um, so anytime between, you know, 1930 until 1999, 2000, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of these laws don't make sense for the current marketplace. With that, it's like restaurants are going to have the hardest winter in the state of Michigan. And like the next six months, I don't know what's going on unless we can get this in control, but uh, not to talk as uh, flyover politics or just, you know, just to myself. Um, we cannot have a 50 state policy for this fucking disease. We need a, a country policy. Mm-hmm. I agree. hundred percent. I think we're I now, think all three of us in agreeance. Now with just when you talk about this with your coworkers, like we had a, a short discussion before the podcast began. How, how has this changed? Because it's ever present. Like it, it, like everything we do, everywhere we go, every time I wake up, every time I interact with another person, it, the, the overarching thing about that interaction is the, the pandemic. How has that changed the way you talk about politics in the workplace? Is it more present? Uh, and this is just more, you know, three dudes talking. But how do you – I used to – prior to this, I used to be more hesitant to talk about my politics because most people I work with are very conservative. Um, I was told explicitly, like, by the people I work with when I told them I was doing a podcast, like, do not show your face. Don't use your whole – don't use your whole name. They'll fuck you, and you're going to get – you know, you're going to get uh, screwed because you're talking about politics and 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 you'll just lose business and you'll never know why. And don't you need to quit that shit now. And I have a completely different take now. But like, how how has it changed both Ken and Adam? How has it changed the way you've talked about politics or has it in the workplace or at home or or with your friends? I'll let Ken take the first one. Uh, Well, Prior to COVID, I was working for a very, very liberal um, company who was pro-LGBTQ. Like they're 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 the kind of company that um, puts money uh, where their mouth is. So they're not just you know uh, posting you know a, a blackout photo and saying we're listening today. No, they they did a lot of stuff. Now the current job that I'm in, I feel a lot of the people, uh, the, most of the people who I work with are much older. I've never met them in person. Um, but you could tell they're a little more on the conservative side, but we're also comparing a company that I was working in in Boston versus a company in Texas. So there you could see, uh, the difference of, and, and even in Michigan, like I have a friend who works for a hospital system and you he posts and he shows us and it doesn't show us like who the person is, but he'll like quote them in a, a, a Slack channel with us and be like, you know, Hey, uh, this is what my chief of it just said. And like one of them just said like rich and Twitler. Um, and I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. I, I, when, when I talk and I talk to all these customers, um, my, my entire, customer base because i'm in sales is universities in the americas and europe and when i talk to them 
their IT people in these companies. And I just simply, we just don't touch it. Like, I just, I don't want to touch it because I don't want to talk about it. I know I'm very opinionated, um, very passionate. And I know if somebody says something stupid, like I, I just bite my tongue and I bring it back. We were talking with, about my, my father, cause you kind of mentioned about family. My mother will listen to me. My mother will take in what I say and, you know, try to comprehend, you know, why do I feel the way I feel now? Whereas my dad and living in, uh, I was living in Detroit for the last five years. Uh, I got stuck in the tunnel, which is the way to get from Detroit to Canada. And this was at the time when Trump told uh, the the squad to go back to the countries they came from. And my dad's <laughs> oh, yeah. just repeating it. And, and that's when I kind of realized that he listens to AM radio. So he gets his fix of Rush and all those other fuck nuts. Um, and I'm just it, in my head, I'm like, do you understand what you're saying? Now, it, like growing up, like I didn't expect that from him. But as I've the last four years, people have really shown their true colors. And I'm like, oh, I should have. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, my, with, with my work, I've, I have kind of gone the opposite way where I used to be pretty demure with my political leanings. I'd smile and nod um, <laughs> in, internal to my company. I used to be completely agnostic. People would start spouting off it at uh, politics and, and I'd kind of ignore it and ignore it. Um, can can like, I ask you a real quick question, Sean, just because yeah. we're, we're an audio medium. If I, you walk into a place and they just see you, see how you're dressed they don't see hear you talk they don't hear anything what do people typically what camp do you think they put you in 100 they think i'm go ahead adam you, you I, the say. second the second i saw shot i'm like well that dude has guns and he's definitely gonna put uh mitt romney sign in his in his lawn for sure i, I was sure. almost positive that sean was gonna have a mitt romney sign in his lawn the the year that i moved into the neighborhood that sean and i were living in at the time and yep but it's not it's not that I like but I wasn't like uh, immediately like, well, fuck that guy. But I just kind of, you know, just just a you stereotype me. I did stereotype you because you probably and thought my... I, you probably thought I'd look like a like a, a libtard snowflake, most likely with with glasses. No, I was on. like that dude really likes watching men in tights. I do. I watch yeah. each other. Yeah, I do. No, I um, no, I, I guarantee when I when I walk into a place, uh, I'm usually wearing jeans, a T-shirt and a ball cap. And so um at a trucker hat not not just like a not a flat bill hat it's a trucker hat but um recently like with internal like i'm kind of untouchable at work um I work, like I'm, I'm top sales person for a multi-billion dollar corporation in north america so like what are they gonna do take away my fucking birthday like no you're gonna sit down and talk about marks with me that's what's gonna happen so with internal to to my company um, I've become like far less lenient. If if we're if we're sitting around and somebody makes a, a a comment about something politics, then I like I call it out. I call them out on it uh, and and argue. I will sit there and argue with you. Awkward. And uh, no, it's not. I don't make it awkward. It's a uh, it's a learning experience for everyone that they're compelled to sit and listen to. <laughs> See, that's where, I, well, the, what I was going to say was it's all about approach with me because I feel like it's okay to talk politics with people if your approach is 
approach uh, is different from com- from confrontation of an idea. Exactly. Right? Like like if there's if someone if someone's just like because gen- this this happens in in my business environment where someone will bring up politics, but the the person like out loud conversations and I can tell when someone is just kind of like fucking around and they'll say something because they'll laugh. And then I can tell when someone's kind of like, well, I saw this in the news and I don't really understand. And there's, there's, there's different approaches to it being brought up, but the industry that I'm in is, is very, very conservative. It's a lot of 50, it's like 45 year old to 65 year old white dudes that have been in some form of general construction all of their lives. And they're very conservative. They're very Republican keep the government out of my, my small business. Um, and then a lot of, uh, decisions that dictate our business, uh, projections take place, uh, within Congress just, just through funding. Um, so there's obviously some leniency there and some people will have to bite their lip if a Democrat is proposing something that makes them more money, uh, which I always find to be hilarious, but I always considered it more of like an approach thing. Like I'm not going to go on my LinkedIn and say, Hey, listen to Sean and I talk about woke Twitter. Uh, I just won't do that. But if it's like my Facebook profile or my Twitter Mm -hmm. profile, I don't give a fuck. And there's plenty of people that I work with on a day-to-day basis that friend me on Facebook. And I'm sure they hear some of the, the, the stuff that I've been, these little snippets I've been putting out of my early shows. And they're just like, you know, 50, 55 second snippets of Sean and I having a conversation, but I'm sure they heard Sean completely obliterate the president and they probably went oh i'm not gonna fucking listen to that show now but at the same time i'm like eh, then then don't listen then that then that shouldn't be listening probably not you can't handle that probably not but i think it's all i think it's all an approach but i i don't know if i would want to get into a back and forth i i just would be like well i'm gonna go back to my office now so (laughs) but but i get i get why why you feel like you need to because someone's being if, if some, I guess I should say if someone was being very confrontational with me about it, I might engage, but if they're just kind of like fucking around and just, I just kind of laugh it off and that's, that's, that's been my approach. Yeah. But it, go ahead. Go, Ken, go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say if it, if the, the conversation is available to be had, sure. Great. No problem. But I being in sales now, and this is my new, like a new position of sales. Like I've never been, I've just always been in tech and I'm just like, you know, I ain't got time for your shit. Like believe whatever the hell you want. Like I, I gotta go do a bunch of stuff on Salesforce because (laughs) I got to clean up today. Um, cheap plug salesforce.com or whatever their website is. No, um, I, I, again, I just, I just don't have time for it. I, I believe I will do my best whether it's work, family, friends, to open up a line and be like, you know, hey, I don't think this is real, or hey, you know, this is kind of debunked. And it's the same for people who spread uh, dumb shit on the left side, who spread false shit um, that are, you know, anti-Trump. And I'm like, you know, like the, the, the People magazine quote that usually gets sent around once a week about Trump saying, uh, I would be a Republican because Republicans are dumb. I'm like, he didn't say that. Let's just... fair is fair um but it's true though (laughs) like if i was going to manipulate a whole group of people the republican party would be a far easier group but he didn't say it in people magazine in 1998 like that's more the fair enough um so I, I'm always open for conversations, and I think I've I've learned a lot about how people like I I have a friend who uh, just like you uh, Adam who went is going from Tulsi to Trump. Oh my God! Really? 
and he has always voted Republican. He <laughs> that was, surprises he, you. It does, yeah, because I was I was surrounded by a lot of Tulsi supporters that hated Donald Trump. Like every Tulsi rally I went to, anytime Donald Trump was brought up, there was anger and and rage. So it does actually surprise me a little bit. We need to schedule our Tulsi thon discussion. Yeah, because you well really looking forward. And and this is why I think the Tulsi topic is interesting because a lot of people that don't know a lot about her have a perception that that the followers of her were were pro Trump, and I'm sure there's some. I'm I'm not going to deny that. It's a completely not, but any rally of hers that I went to, anytime Donald Trump was brought up, it was it was extremely negative and and against him. And she would actually speak out against the president. The every single rally of hers, she would spend mm. twenty minutes talking down all the mistakes he's making and 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 why it was dangerous to reelect him and and all these things. But you don't hear that. But um, but that is but it, it, when when you said the reason I said that, Ken was that's a. That's a that's a jump, and I don't know if it's because she was more. The reason why I thought she would have been a decent candidate was so she could dive into that that group of people that hated Hillary, but also were on the fence for this coming election, and then she could pull in people that were more either conservative or more moderate, not full blown like lefty progressive. They they were just they didn't they they had that medium kind of that medium well side of their burger. And they were kind of open to voting for a Democrat because they were, you know, upset with something that the president did or said or whatever. But to go from I'm going to primary or or caucus for Tulsi and then if she doesn't get in, I'm going to vote. That tells me that person was probably going to vote for Donald Trump anyway, regardless. That's my, my take on it, at least. I'm judging you more not for your political party, but for the fact that you said medium well for a burger. I know I would never eat a burger medium well, by the way. (laughs) <laughs> just to put that out there, but I, that was my, that was my is the only thank way. you for affirming your stance. I that was just my, that was my description of how you would be a moderate voter was a medium well burger. Maybe. Real, real quick. We do need to clarify. So I know that like per health guidelines, medium or well done is like the preferred way, but like we're all medium rare here, right? Like pink center. Oh, pink. absolutely. And you're not, and a lot of, a lot of places don't do that. Cause they, they, yeah, they get nervous that they're going to give you food poison. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way I grew up eating. Like, like too rare on yeah. on burgers. They're yeah. rare in the middle. Like, Bloody as hell. I, yes, exactly. It one hundred percent. Now, mind you, I've been. I worked in the restaurant tech industry for five and a half years. I've probably easily been in over a thousand different kitchens. Um, I could tell you based on looking at the menu, uh, if I want my burger medium rare or if I'm getting well done mm-hmm. because I just don't trust you. That's fair. That's fair too. Cause, cause I ain't in the mood to fight over, uh, your, your cook doing uh wrong meat temp. Like if it's, if it's one in the morning and I'm at some local bar and the, the kitchen staff person, some, you know, 22 year old kid, cause he could work till, you know, midnight or 1am. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to take a medium or a, a well done burger. And you don't want to get explosive diarrhea either. So I, I'm right. I, yeah, I, get I, it, don't, yeah. I, I don't trust you in trying to, yeah. to meet that. But if I'm going to like a nice place, first of all, if I'm going to like a, a Texas roadhouse and that's not a nice place, but if I'm going to a Texas roadhouse and your whole thing is fucking steak, I better get my steak. Oh burger. yeah. Yeah. That's just blasphemy at that point. If it's a steak and you can't get that. Absolutely. I agree. If I'm going to Ram's horn or whatever 24 hour diner you guys might have in Iowa, um, I'm just going to take my burger. Well done. And, move on <laughs> just move on um i'm trying to remember where you were the you you were making a point and you brought up a person that you know personally that was supporting tulsi but now is going to vote for for trump 
So you yeah, were... this is all Sean's fault again. I know. Well, no, I, I I interjected, but then Sean Sean had to poke me with the Tulsi stuff because he can't help it. He's just smiling over there every time Tulsi gets his. Oh, oh so uh, Tulsi. Yeah, he uh, can't, he can't my help camera's it. Camera's even off and covered, and I, you can tell I'm smiling. Oh, I could just hear it in your voice. It's just <laughs> I could just hear it in your voice, but but yeah, it, that that is honestly because I, I I've never had any intention to ever vote for this president. I didn't four years ago. I will not be voting for him in a few weeks, but. And I was a Tulsi supporter um, and I went to many of her rallies and she spoke out against the president. But if you listen to Hillary Clinton on a podcast, you would think that she's a, you know, uh, a Russian asset of some kind or, or whatever the, the the quote is that she said. But um, but it, it is going to be fascinating. Um, we, we do have to wrap up uh, with Ken, but I do hope in two weeks when we do this live, I assume you're going to be hanging out watching the the results come in. The better question is, and I've, I've even brought this up with Sean. Do any of us think we're actually going to know the winner of that of the presidential race the night of? Because I I don't think so. But maybe with the absentee ballot thing going up, because I saw the was it like 12, 13 million absentee ballots have already been counted or have been turned in or I don't know what the stat was. Um, here's here's the thing about absentee ballots is that there are a lot of state laws where you can't even open the ballot until the day of the election. Okay. okay. And at, th at that point, that's why it's going to take a long time because we don't have the resources, the people, you know, the effort to do this large of an absentee ballot count. If, you know, people are turning them in, when are they postmarked? When can you count them? When can you start opening them to count them? You know, there's, there's a lot of issues like Michigan. I think we just passed a law where we can, even though you can still spoil your absentee ballot um, on the day before. So the Monday before Michigan will be able to start counting, which gives us an extra day. Um, but I, I think there will be enough information to where uh, they'll declare a winner, um, whether that winner is official quote unquote, or uh, one of the two parties accepts it is another thing. Um, but I think we will have a, a winner declared on November 3rd, and we will not have a easy uh, transition, whether it's a transition of power or keeping the power for another four years. So you think by like midnight conceptually, we'll, you'll, we'll know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the only West Coast uh, states, Arizona and Colorado-ish, um, are going to be the, the states that kind of have a tipping. Um, everything else is really East Coast. I mean, you're true. Uh, Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, um, I guess Nevada over Colorado, but even then we're still... It also depends on, you know, some states, the polls close at seven, some states, they close at nine, whatever their time is. So it's, it's going to be a shit show. It's a bold but, prediction. So you're, you're, you're going with, we will know that night. I know Sean, you were on the fence at that. It could be two weeks, right? You said anywhere from the next day to two weeks, possibly just based on, you know, all no, the. I, dude, I'm, I'm concerned it's going to be into late December. Oh my God. Like it. If it's close, if it's close, right, like sure. down to counties, I'm concerned it's into December and then you've got fuckery like they there are people on the record in, you know, the state of Pennsylvania 
saying that they may fuck with the electoral college, like force the force the electors to be unfaithful electors in the electoral college. Like I'm concerned that like even. I'm concerned that we may not know who's going to be president until mid mid to late December. My hope is my hope is that the polling is right and it is conclusive. Yeah. And there are so many places that are conclusive that even if one of them's like, oh, whoopsies, we did a recount and it's actually Trump. Like, it doesn't matter because you were so far like he was so far in the Electoral College. It wouldn't matter. You'd have to flip four, five, six states. That is my sincere hope that all these uh um all these mail in ballots are coming back mm-hmm. Biden, right? Like I want nothing more than to just have it be conclusive on election night. No fuckery. But I'm I'm concerned that that there will be fuckery and then fuckery on top of fuckery. And then electoral college fuckery and then we're all fucked. If if things go and stay within the margin of error, like Pennsylvania is going to be the tipping point. Um, but on top of Pennsylvania, like even if you even if you concede Florida and North Carolina to the Republicans, you still have Arizona, which I I find it hard to believe, especially with John Kelly on the ballot. Um, Mark Kelly, John Kelly, Mark Kelly, R Kelly. Um, <laughs> You know, he's an astronaut. Astronaut Mark Kelly. He's not yes. European either. Is he Republican? <laughs> no, he's uh, no, a he's a Democrat. Okay, because he's, he's the not, husband of he's the husband. Oh of, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Gabriel okay. Giffords. Sure, Kathy Giffords. Yeah, Kathy. yeah. Wait. Yeah, he's he is going up against Maybe. the girl who took John McCain's spot after McCain died because he like she got the spot because the governor of Arizona who is Republican got to choose who got to be the senator. Ah, okay. Um, okay. But then because McCain passed. Now, um, they have to have a vote, and I think this is only a two-year term, too. I think it – because the vote is to finish McCain's term and then to start again at the six-year term. So it's there, – there's a lot of things that can happen, but I think with um, the astronaut in Arizona, um, I think it helps you get you over the edge. I don't know how many – um, cause I think the difference between Arizona or the difference between Arizona and Pennsylvania is nine points. Um, so I don't know if, if you lose Pennsylvania and get Arizona, it's still over. Um, but I don't see him taking Michigan again. Um, I, I'll put money on that. Uh, I think you just, there, there's a lot of really good, uh, pro Trump people, but I think a lot of people are just exhausted of him here. To the point where either well, they're gonna they're gonna stay home, um, or I mean, you uh, most prominent Republicans in Michigan have turned against Trump, and we're also the state where we had the first flip, which was Justin Amash, um, out of the west side of the state. He became independent because he couldn't be a you know Republican in the Trump term. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, again, it's some of those, I, I some of those people. I'm like, I feel like they're just they're just saying that. And and they're good. They're still going to vote for him because I I know a lot of people that openly criticize the president, but they're still going to vote for him. And well, it's just Justin Amash uh, voted to impeach him. OK, well, then in that case, then he is telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> then he, he will. He will he not is, be voting. Like, that. That is partly that is partly my concern, too, with people that will say they hate the president. Yeah, like, I don't like him. I don't like the way he tweets. But then, like, you talk to them about politics, and, like, they're Republicans through and through. And my mm-hmm. concern is they'll go hold their nose 
In the same way, I guess, basically, I'm holding my nose when I vote, vote for Biden. They go hold hold their nose yeah. and vote for Trump. It's going to be a lot of nose holding in a, a few weeks. A lot here. of nose holding. Right. It's going to be interesting. Well, Ken, I hope you can join us uh, in a few weeks when the election goes down, because I'd love to go over Michigan results with you as that comes in and get some thoughts. And Because you did that uh, four years ago with us. I thought that was a good time. If I did, I must have been drunk because I don't remember. You were definitely on it. I definitely remember you being on it. <laughs> You called into the show and you were you were going over uh, results in your state. So it was. Uh, oh, man. I'll actually read. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to repost that episode and then you can go back and listen to it and you can hear yeah. yourself smash because maybe you were totally smashed and you don't remember it. Sean, yeah, Sean was Sean got progressively more drunk as the night went on when he realized that Trump was going to win. So that was fun. Yeah, sad. yeah, very sad. Yeah, I'm I'm taking I'm voting. I'm working in the morning. I'm I'm gonna vote right away in the morning. I'm gonna work, and then I'm taking like the next. I'm telling my work. I'm gonna take the next 24 hours off. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think a lot of people might be. That could be the case uh, nationally. I wonder too. And if ah, I still feel like something bad's gonna happen either way, so I'm, I might be cautiously optimistic as well about what might be going down um, in some of the bigger cities, but. Oh, don't don't take my optimism as like confidence. Like I'm fucking scared shitless. Yeah, I'm a little uh, nervous too. I'm a little nervous that something might uh, be going down. But and and I'm I'm like I I understand that we are three. Uh, I think we I referred to us as the the liberal cucks. Um, <laughs> you know, Snowflake Sean, uh, Cuck Ken. Um, like it's I I don't hate Trump supporters for the most part. Um as long as you're honest with yourself and you're honest with everything. Like if, if you're going to tell me you're going to vote for Trump because you do not like abortions, then fucking tell me that. Don't tell me that he's doing all these things that are real or honest or no, it's that's, that's not what it is. Tell me you like, you know, banning abortions and we can get past this and move on. Like, I, I don't hate you, but if you're going to, you know, bullshit me, just don't. Like that's, that's, that's my personal opinion. I, I know like this show, again, you, you got three liberal people too from Iowa and me. Now nah, I'm, I'm just, you know, uh, guest host forever. Um, I just, I, I think you guys definitely need a more conservative voice to come on in. Well, apparently I'm a conservative now because I disagreed with Sean on woke Twitter and I supported Tulsi Gabbard. So apparently I'm also a not quite as liberal as I've been painted with that brush by some people. So, but yes, we, I do, I do agree. Cause even Sean has told me he likes when I disagree with him or we get into a, a discussion where we don't totally line up uh, on yeah. it. Cause I, cause I think we both agree. We don't want this to become an echo chamber show and there's too many of those. Cause you, if you want your fix, you can listen to, uh, you know, the majority report, you're going to get just full blown progressive leftist opinions. If you want, hardcore right-wing conservative stuff you got steven crowder on youtube you get plenty of those but there's really no and i know like cnn kind of tried to do it with crossfire but it wasn't really that good but um but there needs there needs to be um more of that i because i i like hearing uh, i like hearing I both just sides don't feel like dealing with the fucking insanity if you want to come in and, and espouse a, a a conservative viewpoint i'm happy to discuss it with you but well because you're, you're not a dickhead though, on, if you're gonna be a full-on trumpista like I'm not, we're well, not gonna give you the time of day. I think between you guys, like if you went like typical shot by shot of what your political views are per you know each topic, yeah. you'll 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 see a lot of differences, especially with me too, because there there is a lot of things where you know we we may agree or disagree or agree to an extent or anything like that, 
for for me just i i just love i love talking politics i appreciate you know you guys having me on to talk about it and i know we were kind of just talking about um just michigan stuff today which is uh the you know the, the great beer state um I, I don't know where I was going with this, but you know, I think you were I, alluding I, to if we have more conversations, you would like to have more non-Michigan conversations. So we would I'd be down for that. Oh, I mean, I, I like drinking beer and us as we used to. That was like I, I don't know why we stopped doing that. The first like five or six episodes, but every episode we would talk about. Have the you beer. seen the amount of carbs in beer? I don't care. Uh, Whatever. That's, that's what seltzer's <laughs> for. And I was just doing my best Brett Kavanaugh. I'll, I'll work them off. It's fine. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll get past it. Well, I will repost uh, our election coverage from four years ago, uh, just so people can go back and listen to it. But I'm almost positive you were on that, Ken. So I, at one point you called into the show because I remember having a conversation with you. I remember Sean was here. We we all talked at one yeah. point. It was just, you know, it was many, many years ago. So we'll have to relive that. But but thank you for taking the time. Thank you for giving us a Michigan perspective. And of course, we would love to have you back to talk about non-Michigan things. We just kind of wanted to wet the palate this time with some with some michigan uh tasty uh topics and then we'll uh and hopefully in, a, in in the when the election goes down you can join us too because we'll be live on twitch that night so there you go boom Ooh. so th- thank you ken i would plug some other stuff but you didn't want to plug it so i'll, I'll keep it to myself so we'll well well we'll how can how can i find you on twitch mr uh, adam we haven't officially set it up yet so just follow me on twitter at adam uh, u iowa um that's what I give for trying to set you up. I know. <laughs> I, I haven't quite set it up yet, but we're... Ungrateful we're, son of a bitch. I know. We're, we're, we're going to do Twitch, though. So it'll probably just be twitch.tv slash politics if that's not taken, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll get everyone involved when we uh, we set the table. But uh, thank you, Ken, very much for joining us. We uh, we definitely appreciate it, sir. Yep. Thanks, Ken. All right. We are back here on Flyover Politics. Good conversation with Ken from Michigan. Last name redacted. Like it's a secret CIA individual, but uh, he just, you know, it's politics. So some people don't want to put their information out there. I don't think we've officially done it, but you can kind of figure out our, our names by following us on Twitter, but yeah, it's just whatever. It's fine. Some people are, uh, don't, don't want to do that. So we'll, we'll, in that case, Sean, I will respect it. And yeah, in that case, I will not with you. We don't want to unintentionally dox anybody. I'm Sean Carey. You can follow me at flyover Sean. And I'm uh, Adam Martin at Adam UI on the Twitter. So there you go. Boom. We don't care. We're fine with it. We don't care. Right. Yeah. Come at me, bro. <laughs> like if it gets us followers, just, just come, at, come at it. Come at us. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, you know, like fuck around and find out. Right. I have to ask you, are you, are you going to podcast after the debate or should we try to do something after the, because I'm going to be in, in another state on vacation. So I don't even know if I'm able to see it live. Oh, I'll podcast. Okay. So we'll, I'll I'll let you know. I'm going to try and record something this week. I don't know about what typically it's kind of like, I get angry at something and I'm like, I'm going to go yell into a microphone about this. I did find the equivalent of you on Twitter. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to play this because I felt like you were going to get like mad that I thought this was like you, but it reminded me of your anger sometimes. And I want to, but it, I almost don't want to play it on the podcast because it, it, it it's going to blow everybody's ears out when they hear it. this. It's a woman screaming into her phone about Republicans and conservatives. It reminded so me. So I know you're trying to wrap it up, but now you have to play it. I know. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring the level a little low well, because I, right. I'm, I'm, I'm literally prefacing. If you're listening to this in an earbud, 
get ready yeah. to fuck with your volume and bring it down a little bit. And she, I will limit. I will limit my response okay. to forty-five to fifty minutes. She's loud, so I'm gonna I'm gonna actually bring the, my mixer down just a bit, just so sure. And I'll vamp. So what we're seeing right now, uh, <laughs> if you look up at CJ Ruth, CJ Truth, CJ Truth. Sorry, I am not wearing my glasses. CJ Truth at CJ Truth on twitter there's one uh tweet called spiritual warfare this is what a manifestation of a demon looks like hashtag god one i don't know what that means (laughs) i don't know either i just saw i I just saw the fear of twitter i just don't understand i just saw the video and i was like i have to show sean this so 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 prepare your ears i will play this i will try to keep it low here we go and this is just a woman screaming into her phone terrified Listen to me, Republicans, listen! You are the people in history they warned us about! They warned us about people like you! Pay attention! We're losing our democracy! Wake up! Wake up! She's screaming into her phone. What's sad is like delivery four yeah. out of ten. Four out of Message, ten. Ten out of ten. Like I'm, I don't yeah. think it's I you knew you were I, I knew you were gonna I you knew and I share a fucking spirit animal, all right. I, I was gonna say I was like I knew Sean was gonna agree with her, but I was I yeah, was curious about the delivery. Yes. Like how are you gonna take like what if she was standing outside your front door and it's like Sean, can I talk to you about um who you're gonna vote for? And then she screams this in your face. <laughs> <laughs> it's kinda like when you talk to a yeah. A, a a conservative, not necessarily Trump supporter, because they think he's icky. Yeah, but yeah. about like defunding the police, yes. and they're like, yes. "No, you have to have a strong police presence, or else crime will run amok." Because like, what? Like, oh, you're telling me that all these people didn't commit crimes? Like, okay, all right, I know. Well, <laughs> like, okay, and then, uh, well, we have to build a wall to keep the not Americans out because we don't have enough to take care of our own country. Like, well, actually, we do, but like. No, no, we don't have enough to take care of our own country, so no one else knew. Like, well, we could just stop letting billionaires steal all the money. We could. It was their money to begin with. Also, we need to police them up, put them into a camp to make sure that we brand them, never let them come back. Whoa, wait a minute. Hold, Hold on. on a second. We got to go back second. a little bit. Hold on. That's how I feel about uh, a significant amount. So this 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 Twitter account. account, by the way, the description officially is Jesus Christ is Lord, Patriot slash Digital Soldier, fighting for faith, justice, and oh, freedom. Oh no, yeah. that's why they retweeted it. I okay. don't I don't know how this hit my Twitter feed, but it did, and I was just like, I I I couldn't. T- I I I was. It took everything in my being to not send this to you before we taped this. Yeah, I had well, to just spring it on you, and and I hope it was worth the wait. But it, it was went. worth the wait, man. Like, yeah. I mean. I never would have seen it otherwise. I know. But like, I have no it idea. just goes to show you how there's a whole nother world yep. on Twitter. Like, yeah. I like the algorithm has created my bubble, and for CJ Truth and their followers, it has created a whole nother bubble. But like the idea that that's spiritual warfare and a manifestation of a demon, it's kind of <laughs> like, ah, like there's a whole lot of words. To me, that looked oh, banal. I should have not taken a drink when you said that. <laughs> but Spiritual there's a manifestation of a demon. This right. is a demon that's walking. Yeah, I know. It's kind of yeah. But also, to, but like, 
I'll finish my statement and then I have a quick pro tip for folks. So there's a there's a whole lot of words that seem banal to me and you yeah. that have a whole deep meaning to believers. Yeah. Right? So that's one. And so I don't understand it. It's confusing to me. Well, you wouldn't understand the, you wouldn't, you wouldn't understand there. the kingdom of God, Sean. That's why. So. No, I wouldn't. Right. Because yeah. I'm yeah. godless heathen. Exactly. But but like to 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 certain followers, there's like a visceral feeling that they get that we can't ignore that that happens, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of my analysis of the words being used. And there's then, a lot of creepy avatars that are responding to this tweet. Like, look at the the yeah. gladiator, like the prayer warrior, oh, save the children, just, yeah. God wins, MAGA, Trump twenty twenty. See, it's, where, where it, we go one, we go all. WWG1WGA. Where we the, go but, one, where we go all. But it, but it, QAnon. But it ha- but real oh, quick, before we get too far down this rabbit hole, because you know I love rabbit holes. Wow. Um, if you are going to scream into your phone, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, just make sure that you hold it far enough away so yeah. that when you look at yourself in the screen like that woman was, you're not cross-eyed because you're looking straight at something that's like two inches from your face. Your eyes are trying to focus, Very, yeah. Right, because then, like, you clip it or you pause it at the end like we just did, and you've got a cross-eyed person screaming into a phone. Adam just scrolled back up to it. Can I? stuck on, wake up. With your permission, can I make this the uh, image for the, the episode this, this week? Yes, Okay. please. Thank you. I'm going to take a screenshot please. right now so I don't forget. Okay, there we go. And so, but then when we go down, like there's a whole there's a whole world on Twitter in which yeah. you can actually believe that JFK Jr. has been in hiding since the 90s and will come back because he's been secretly helping Donald Trump uh, <laughs> uh, fight the Democratic Party full of child-eating pedophiles. There's some trolls though responding to this. There's one person with a gift. The power of Christ compels you, and they're throwing holy water at her. And <laughs> so there's. See, I don't even like it, the world is so fucking clown world that I don't even know if that's a troll making fun of them, or if they're sincerely posting. Where are our exorcists? Like be. I don't they even understand it. Yeah, Psychotic it's... rage. This Poor is my... lady, Lord, I pray help her see the light. My people of good faith, be put in her again. It's just be put in her path gibberish like a, lord please heal her yes. of any mental illness and spiritual oppression it's just another world that i am not part of and and when you when you somehow stumble upon it on on the twitter it's very odd it's very see weird. this is this is like msm cnn have accomplished this this is like yeah. what we just listened to is a person whose feelings i feel are correct like we are witnessing a descent into a an American party being pulled towards fascism. And I can say that like literally, like literally fascism for a multitude of reasons, not in like, not just because Steve Bannon, a person who helped coach Trump and continues to coach Trump, studied fascism for how to harness the insecurities of a nation and turn itself onto itself to bolster a political action to support a candidate like he knows that there's a percentage of the of a of a nation that are there that he can use as a tool for power right like that is a fact you can listen to steve bannon talk about like the origins of his political ideology like scary no arguing there and then the, the the republican party has now like nakedly started going after 
QAnon conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. race baiting, yeah, naked power grabs. Like the feeling that she's expressing, I feel is right. But the delivery but the is help. Just... I, I'm feeling that her expression of that is a very helpless one. Yeah. Right. One that is disconnected, one that needs solidarity, one that needs community, one that needs action or something to do. And 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 for like you don't necessarily need to be some kind of of, you know, once in a generation leader. Sometimes you just have to be the person who answers the call when people say I need volunteers to make phone calls. Or knock door to door, or pass out flyers. Kind of sounds like you're giving a uh, introductory to how why you're going to run for politics. Like, I'm not even joking. But no, like, I, I like if I heard you say that, I would think you were about to say, "And this is why I'm running for." <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was literally no, waiting like, for you to say that after you were delivering that. Oh no, fuck no, dude. No, like, look, you did at I one point no... though, right? You were considering it. I remember at one point you had a thought. It's of it. one of those. It's one of those things that as the feeling builds in my brain yeah oh my god i could do so much better than these fucking morons like maybe i need to plot and plan and all that shit and figure it out for myself and then i actually engage with the electorate i'm like oh you're like oh no no way yeah like i i'm now on my hoa board and like just dealing with my neighborhood shit with like there are weeds in this (laughs) lawn and it is annoying me and look at this and like and like I'm like well, you are a grown human being, mm-hmm. and your fucking neighbor has weeds that you don't like. Yeah, like it's... just go out and pick them or something. If you got enough time to write me an email, that's about a quarter of the time that you like just go out and fucking take care of the weeds, man. Like just take care of it. Yeah, it's... but like you want to complain about it and be a big old pain in my ass, and then be the person who complains about their HOA dues being too high. Like get all the way in the sea and fuck off. Right. Yep. And so then at that moment, I realized, like, I wow. would be a really bad politician because basically it would be like Sean has reached a point in his income level <laughs> in which he can buy a Winnebago, drive around Iowa and scream at people for how fucking stupid he thinks they are yeah. in a fruitless attempt to, to become a senator or governor. Hey, or man, it might work. That's all Donald Trump did. Didn't it That's all him. Donald Trump did. It yeah. might work. Just like, hey, uh, hell. Hello, when wherever I am, uh, who wants to chat? What are you gonna do about the weeds in my lawn? Get fucked. Yeah, that's you, what you'd get. It'd out be of a time. very Chris Christie approach of you if you did that. I was but gonna... Chris Christie punched like at unions who were like, um, I think we could do a better job in taking care of the youth in America if we didn't give so many tax breaks to oil companies and billionaires, and we could actually fund teachers to teach children and give them the the like support network they need to thrive in america and he was like shut the fuck up and sit down or i will shut your street down for traffic for miles and make you walk my favorite chris christie one was a woman was complaining she was a teacher and she was complaining about uh her pay and how she would like to see it increase based on the output and how many years she put into it and he goes yeah he's like well then just uh, don't be a teacher then <laughs> I was like, wow, he just, that was his response. And he moved right along. Like he didn't want to really, he didn't want to dive into like, well, this is why your, your, you know, salary is here because of the look. He just went, ah, just don't be a teacher. It's <laughs> like, okay. Nice. All right, Chris. Chris. Fuck you. I laughed, like, but I, it's not right bitch. to laugh, but like, um, seriously, 
Well, seriously, like you were the governor of New Jersey who ran against Donald Trump. He beat the shit out of you. And then you go to work for him and support him and help him. And you brown nose, hoping you're going to get a, a plush spot. He did. Uh, and you don't because you were, you were a whining sycophant. He did tell and the Republicans to go, to to go fuck themselves in, in 2012, though, when the hurricane hit. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. You guys can go fuck yourselves when, when Obama showed I mean, up. Well, right. But yeah. like, you, like you understand the relationship between a state and the federal government. Like, I'm oh, not yeah, going to give yeah, you yeah. fucking marks for that. Oh, no, I know that. But, but I, I did. I did appreciate, though, because there was they definitely try to politicize that. He's like, yeah, yeah. You, he's like, yeah, you guys can go fuck yourself. <laughs> he's like, I don't like, care. No, that- I have to, like, rebuild my state. Yeah. And, he's like, like I- these people print the money and they're coming here to ask me how much money they yeah. should print. He's like, like I know the election's in two take weeks. The fucking meeting. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. But like. But like the the ultimate downfall of Chris Christie was like I'm gonna brown nose so much I'm gonna support him that, in like his debate prep. Yep, and he's gonna give me coronavirus. Yep, and he spent seven days, seven days in intensive care. Yep, after claiming like oh, I'm just gonna check myself in because I got some pre-existing conditions. After his party's trying to destroy pre-existing conditions, don't like don't no, let that escape you. No, uh, the vice president that said that they were going to keep those. So well, I don't I just don't, like the water's I don't know never if been you know cleaner. This, but, but he's a big old fucking liar. The water's never but, been cleaner, Sean. So I don't know what right. don't know what you're talking about. But <laughs> Jesus, listen, you know, the water's never been cleaner if you don't count the uh, uh, chemicals that have been invented since 1947. Should so. I put that theory to test when I'm when I'm out in the mountains? Should I? Dip a dip a glass in the water and give it the old college try and put- depends on where you are in the mountains. Okay, I was I was up in the boundary waters of Canada, up in Quetico, and uh, we ran like my my water filtration pump broke, and so we're using these like chlorine tablets, but we only yeah. had a certain like we only had a certain amount of receptacles, and you have to sit there for four hours, so we're like borderline dehydrated for like <laughs> three days. And we get back to the ranger station to check in to get our boat to come pick us up because we're out backcountry fishing and and canoeing. What a cock tease that must have been. God. Yeah, just like floating around on all this water. And then we get back and we're like, can we, we're at the ranger station. We're like, do you have any water to spare? We've been kind of low for the last few days. (laughs) She's like, what? Why? And we're like, well, well, our pump broke and then it couldn't filter water. And we only had a certain amount of these little chlorine tablets. She's like, I just carry a cup with me. And when I get thirsty, I dip it into whatever lake I'm in, and I just drink straight out of it. What are you talking about? <laughs> Boy, so she's uh, she's Clean on board water. with uh, with the vice president then. Apparently. She's been well, she'd been living there for 40, <clears throat> oh. 40 some fifty years. So, so like, she's, she's all she's good been with drinking it. that water. She's yeah, all she's good with like, it. She's part of that broth she's growing. You God, you love that word tonight, man. You it's a great. It's I heard that on TikTok, and it was just a wonderful you have, explanation. You have set a like record for. I mean, I would. I, I wish I kept a, a counter for how many times you said broth on this podcast seven a sentence at least seven. like seven different instances at in which least. i brought it up all right well so you you will be doing something after the debate then is that is that the plan because i i can't give you yes a, okay i can give you like a 50 percent possibility but i don't know by the time i'll be there and i'll just probably be drunk and i'll be like yeah you shine you can do it so i'll take care of it i'll figure okay. it maybe maybe i'll record something on my phone like a brief thing but then i'll send it to you and there you, you play it but all right, everybody. Thank you for listening. This was uh, this was a long episode, but we we packed a lot into it because I was going to be out of town for a while. And we uh, weren't going to be able to tape a whole bunch, but we will be back the uh, the week of uh, the twenty eighth through the thirtieth ish, somewhere around there. We'll drop another episode, 
And then literally a few days later is the election. So we'll have to do one final episode before the election, mm-hmm. I think, just to kind of get a, a good look at final the, predictions, final, final predictions and numbers. And yeah, all that good stuff. Uh, so thank you for listening. Thank you to Ken for joining us on this episode. I thought that was a good conversation. We'll have to have him again on the podcast. Uh, we'll be having some more guests too, uh, as the, uh, as the episodes progress and, uh, I'll let Sean, uh, close it the way Sean does. Thanks everybody. Think for yourself, for the love of God.